My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. It is the WNR 180 today. It's WWE versus WCW Part 2. Two. September 1998. Before we do anything, though, let's start with the alternate intro. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling to salad and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. Uh, but I don't know what to do with those salad and scrambled eggs. Lick on again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Goodbye, everybody. Well, hello, everybody. And that was the alternate intro. Now, Dan, the intro. In 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows, Raw and Nitro, went head-to-head on Mondays. The WNL podcasts go back 20 years right in the middle of the battle. We've followed the war since the inception of Nitro, but now with Raw and the WWF attitude leading the you needed to fight back. The WNL podcast follows the war blow for blow and month to month. This is WWE versus WCW, the Monday Night Wars, September 1998. We have a five-point system in place, though. We have match, promo, roster, setting, and overall rating. Yeah, and when we had last left the WWE, this fire, with no Austin and it being on a Saturday, the last two Raws had given Nitro a chance to regain the rating war. Would WWF be able to claw it back on the path to the next pay-per-view breakdown? Well, let's find out. And the first episode of Raw we're watching is episode 277, September 14th. JR and the King are in the booth and they are live from San Jose, California. We are finally back on Monday nights, so this show. Well, as we come on the air, WF champion Steve Austin walks to the ring. Vince McMahon, Kane and the Undertaker are already in the ring. McMahon gloats about how Kane or the Undertaker will get the WF title off Austin's waist and announce a new stipulation to the breakdown triple threat in that the Undertaker and Kane are prohibited from pinning each other. 
Well, this is one of our favourite McMahon promos. Yeah, this is McMahon. I'm damn sick and tired of watching you walking around with that WF Championship belt. And on Sunday night, September 27th, see it again. Most of you know that recently I announced a master plan. A master plan that would guarantee that Stone Cold Steve Austin on Sunday night, September 27th, would lose the WWF Championship. Most of you also know, and yet a further statement, and on this night of Sunday night, September 27th, I've ordered a triple threat match in which Stone Cold Steve Austin will defend the WWF title against Kane. However, what none of you know, especially you, Austin, is that there's been a little business arrangement here, as you might expect. You see, I've got the Untoker Kane a title shot, but they're going to do a little something for me as well. You see, business is business. Don't get me wrong, there's no love lost between Vincent Mann and The Undertaker and Kane. I will never forgive or forget what you've done. However, it's real simple, Austin. You see, I scratch their back and they scratch mine. Or maybe I shouldn't say they scratch my back. Maybe I should say they protect my back. You see, Austin, if you so much as lay one finger on me, one or both of these two monsters will be all over you. They'll annihilate you which is what is going to happen Sunday night, September the 27th. Austin, when you're flat on your back looking up at these ring lights and there's been an announcement that you're no longer WF champion, I want you to remember one thing, and that is Vince McMahon didn't screw Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, no, not at all. Stone Cold screwed Stone Cold. Finally, McMahon pushes Austin too far on the mic and Austin decks him. However, The Undertaker and Kane lay Austin out with a double choke slam. He's such a cunt, isn't he, Vincent, man? Look at he's so happy. Smug. Oh, and Austin's just that McMahon. But The Undertaker and Kane got the bosses back. Oh, my God. And they are annihilating him right now. Vincent, man, directing traffic. I don't know how Stone Cold Steve Austin can survive keeping all that WF championship against these two monsters, especially with McMahon leading the charge. He definitely needs someone in his corner. Oh, my God. It's going to be a double choke slam. Boom. Plant Austin. Quite gently, actually. And, <laughs> uh, and McMahon mimicking Austin, getting down on his hands and knees, getting in Austin's face, giving him the double bird salute and rolling out the ring. Well, in the Undertaker reminds Austin that it's nothing personal. It's just business. There you go. Fireworks work that time. Well, before heading to the locker room, McMahon books Austin to defend his title against... Ken Shamrock in tonight's main event. This was a really good opening promo by McMahon that established the logic behind the breakdown main event. Well, after a break, Austin is backstage throwing some stuff around. Well, the New Age Outlaws and X-Pac make their way to the ring. It feels important to note Billy Gunn has braided his hair. (laughs) Opening contest is Double J, Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T with Southern Justice. Against the road dog with Billy Gunn and X-Buck. And he beat him after hitting him with a guitar at 8 seconds past 3 minutes. Here is that Jarrett Rowley blow-off we've wanted to see since 1995. Yeah! The WWF actually remembers that and shows some old footage. This is a fast-paced match that benefits from a hot crowd. Somehow, Jarrett is not disqualified when Southern Justice pull road dog out of the ring and start beating him down. When X-Pac and Gunn assist their comrade, Jarrett hits his opponent with the neck of the guitar to win. I think they had a malfunction with the guitar since it was already broken when Jarrett went to use it. Honestly, hitting people with guitars is one of the best things Jarrett ever added to his gimmick. (laughs) Said nobody ever. (laughs) 
Well, a clip from last night's Sunday Night Heat airs. We asked him for a title shot. Can people do that and actually get title shots? Wasn't everyone then? It's dumb, except we four times the Shamrock for some reason. I don't know why they did that that way. But yes, um, and well, hopefully Austin does successfully defend his title. Otherwise, the main event for breakdown will be a bit fucked. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that is true, actually. Yeah. Well, Road Dogg is shown being helped into an ambulance backstage. Uh, Michael Cole interviews The Rock, who tells the nation to stay backstage. You see, the nation... He's falling apart, and The Rock is gradually going his own way. His promo on the previous Saturday Raw constituted a de facto face turn. And uh, the next match is Kane with The Undertaker versus The Rock. Yeah, and Kane's already out here with Taker, and here comes The Rock. I don't think he's hanging around. He's still pissed off with a chokeslam Kane hit with him a couple of weeks ago. Kane goes for the clothesline, and Rock dodged it. Now, Rock laying a smackdown. We're seeing The Rock versus Kane on Raw. So Kane's only been out for just over a year now? Yeah. Well, no, not even a year. He's coming up a year in October. So, yeah, about 11 months at this time. Settled in. People maybe thought they were going to bring Kane in just to uh, feud with Untaker. But he kind of shone, hasn't he? You know, we've seen him have the WWE title this year, you know, winning against Austin, even though it was, you know, very, very shady circumstances. Yeah. And he gets another shot at breakdown. And even 20 years later... He's going to be in The Undertaker's corner and then, well, if you believe the rumours, it's going to be Brothers of Destruction versus DX at Crown Jewel. Yeah, and, and the thing is as well is that, you know, The Rock as well, he's, he's still well, always the biggest movie star in the world, you know, and he's uh, always linked with a return to the, the WWE. And it just shows how important the Attitude Era was. Well, he's, he's as we were discussing earlier, he's favourite to win <laughs> no, the I 2019 know. Royal Rumble. But I mean, Mojo Rawley's more higher rated than Bobby Roode to win the Rumble, but, you know, we won't go into them kind of details. No, but you did, didn't you? Uh, so, oh, so I did, yes. And also, the attitude here is so important, of course, you know, because WWF, in in some ways and in some parts, don't hark back to it and use the same superstars. You know, look at Austin, you know, he's not wrestling now, but Kane, The Rock, The Undertaker, all still are, you know. Look at the impact people like Mankind had. Kane just scored there with a huge power slam on The Rock, taking him down. Rock's in serious trouble right now, and Kane is just so powerful. I would say at this point in time, he's, he's the best striker in the world. And that he's oh, well, sorry. he's not a great striker. <coughs> he is more powerful than the Undertaker because the Undertaker's been around, you know, eight years. We've seen his punishment. Kane can sit up like his brother, and we see he's not really had taken that much punishment in matches. I think Kane's got an advantage in this match because, of course, his brother is at ringside looking on. We don't know much about Kane, apart from, obviously, he's the Undertaker's brother, Paul Bearer, has taken a back seat because he's just distraught for the fact that Kane and the Undertaker came together. <coughs> and we don't know that he's killed Katie Vickett either. Slammed by The Rock, Kane going up to the top. Oh my God, and the seven-footer comes down hard with a great one. But The Rock managing to kick out. Oh. The Rock is a real blue-chip athlete. At least JR stopped calling him Rocky Maivia now, which is always a bonus. He has indeed, yes. Oh, my God. Beautiful spin indeed. The two rock. And look at the reaction from the crowd. They're definitely getting behind the people's champion. Well, the the rock is finally getting over. Well, the thing is, he, he's been in the champion most of the year. And hang on a minute. I just want to go back and prove my point about Kane. He just sat up before the rock got up and rock hit the offensive move. And now he's blocking that and hitting the right hands. You know, Rock's been a champion most of the year and pretty much a kind of hill scum. We saw what he did to Triple H at SummerSlam, but the crowd just start to love you. And if you want to 
get a wrestler over like Roman Reigns or whatever it is, you need to gain the respect of the crowd before you then turn them face. And it's something that we've seen over time that does actually work. Yeah, but The Rock, he was, you know, he came in, he was getting booed to hell. They turned him heel. He finally, you know, won the respects, you know, maybe it was his mic work, maybe it was his in-ring work, you know, combination of both. And then, you know, he's... They're gradually turning in faces going against, you know, the, the evil brothers of destruction or, bro- well, one of the brothers of destruction at the moment. And, you know, you can gradually see his rise into fan favouracy. Yeah, I mean, make no mistake, you know, The Rock is a kind of once-in-a-generation superstar. You know, he is a true star. It's just it's special that, you know, Austin and Rock came along at the same time, you know. The Rock's swinging net breaker came, sat right back up again, thought he was doing all right, went to slam The Rock and accidentally took out the referee. But now The Rock's going for the most electrifying move in sports entertainment. Drops the people's elbow right to the heart of Kane. Undertaker slides in the ring, though. Oh. And then just decks The Rock. And now Kane sits back up. Undertaker eliminates Rock from the Royal Rumble. Maybe the Brothers of Destruction want to send a message to Austin through The Rock. He's been up... He's been involved up in their business. Oh, but Mankind comes in, hits Kane over the back with a sledgehammer. Oh, my God, some kind of rock and sock connection. A sledgehammer to the back. And the Undertaker chasing down Mankind. Bang, bang, Undertaker. And Mankind's getting cheers now as well. He's goading the Undertaker. Rock's over for the cover. Two, three. And the Rock. (laughs) Well, thanks in part to Mankind. The Undertaker can't believe it. Rock, you should get out of there. That's a good idea. He is. He's uh, rolling under the rope. He's... (laughs) <laughs> walking out of there. Well, you got to remember at SummerSlam, sledgehammer to the face, Kane used it on Mankind inside that dumpster. This is payback. I don't think it's finished just yet. Yantaker was thinking, I threw the guy off the cell and he's still coming back. And Kane came... No. Oh, my word. He might have broken his back. Well, Yantaker is seriously concerned about his brother. Kane's like, look, I don't want your help. I can do it myself. I'm a strong, independent woman. <laughs> and he finally sits up on his own. Oh, my God. I don't think he's got a microphone. And bring <laughs> your sledgehammer. Yeah, well, the Undertaker basically saying it's going to end tonight between Mankind and the Undertaker. They're going to have a match. And like Dan said, bring your sledgehammer. Well, Michael Cole interviews Mankind, who accepts the Undertaker's challenge for later tonight. And he smashes one of the Raw is War barrels. With his sledgehammer. <laughs> Dustin Reynolds in the ring and welcomes the crowd to hell. And Dustin goes on to say, Welcome to hell. Take a look at World Wrestling Federation. Man, oh man. I'm telling you what. Stained with vulgar language. Stained with aggression. And just stained with sex. Val Venus, I told you he's coming. And when he gets here, I will repent. <clears throat> and when he gets here, you will repent. I promise. Well, Val Venus walks out and introduces the crowd to the new film, Preacher's Wife, which sees him in bed with Terry Reynolds. Reynolds falls to his knees upon seeing the footage, and Venus tells him the trait must run in the family. Up next, Dan. Watch yes. this. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming. He's coming, Dan. It's Stephen Regal, a man's man. We've just seen the first vignette. What was he doing? What were your thoughts? <clears throat> well... First off, as a carpenter, his axemanship is awful. That axe must have been blunt. His cut was terrible. And um, 
you know, he should have been going at a more steeper angle for his uh, return cut. And uh, as for cutting down a whole forest with an axe, it would have taken him a month of Sundays and he would never have debuted for WWF to this day, cutting down a forest. No, but the real man's man is coming to the WWF and I, for one, cannot wait. Neither can I. I just hope he's got a fitting theme tune as well. (laughs) Yeah, we can finally play it on the podcast. Up next, the Intercontinental Championship match. Triple H, champion with China and X-Pac, and they defeated Owen Hart with Mark Henry with a pedigree at 5.24. After our usual exchange of moves between these two shenanigans begin to happen, after our usual exchange of moves between these two, shenanigans begin to happen as Mark Henry pulls China off the ring apron and X-Pac attacks him in response. That distraction allows Triple H to pedigree a distracted Owen and beat him for what seems like the 100th time this year. You expected a different outcome? Well, after the match, Mark Henry gets on a house mic and challenges X-Pac and China to a handicap match for later in the show. He promises to prowl just like he did this past Sunday. Well, excellent. If the world's strongest man and the ninth wonder of the world had a baby, what the fuck would happen? Would they just give birth to Superman? It would be the weirdest looking fucking baby in the world. Well, backstage, mankind is walking around humming and throwing weapons into a dumpster. You get the feeling watching it perhaps the happiest moment of mankind's month. That takes us right through to Warzone. Yeah, and it's mankind versus the Undertaker. And, oh my God, mankind was going to use a sledgehammer. Timmy White pulled it off him. The Undertaker was going to use a sledgehammer of his own. And it's a manable claw by mankind. And you can see the uh, markings on mankind's face. And I've got to tell you, no move has beaten the Undertaker more than the Mandible Claw in the WWF. Mankind has got more victories over this man than anyone. Perhaps even over history, only Brock Lesnar prevails more against a dead man than Mankind does. And they go to that dumpster full of weapons, Undertaker gets sent to the side of it. <laughs> Mankind's still probably battered up. He's probably still got a fucking massive hole in his mouth. His tooth's just been reset. I mean, yeah, and he's still involved in these kind of hardcore-type matches. And both of these men brawling on the ramp. They've got ladders, and they bring them down to ringside. Mankind sent him to barricade. Hope we see some thumbtacks. I, I don't want to see that much violence in this one, but I wouldn't put it past the two men. Oh! And that is great strategy by the Untaker, taking away the manable claw. Bouncing both of Mankind's hands off the steel steps. And I don't think Tim White has got any control over this match at the moment. Is this just a normal match, or is it uh, a stipulation match? I, well, at the moment, I don't think referees rang the bell for this. Crushes Mankind's hand with a stairs sandwich between the uh, the larger small, uh, the larger bottom set of stairs. But yet, Mankind's still fighting back. Well, how tough is Mankind? How crazy is Mankind? And now Mankind walking with the Untaker. But only for so long before he gets cut off. Is that a Dude Love t-shirt he's got on underneath his Yeah, we can shirt. see Dude and Untaker set up a really small table. It looks really thick as well, though. Oh, he still broke it. He still went through that table, yeah. <laughs> and I don't, don't want a normal table. Give me the hardest looking one you've got. Set up against the ring post. But Mankind's still not dropped yet. I mean, just hit me over the head with it as well. <laughs> well, table to the face. As we see a replay. It's no wonder he retired so early. I know he came back, but think about the amount of punishment Mankind's taken. 
Kane and Taker sitting in a tree. K I S S I N G. Brilliant sign. And take a measure and an elbow. Well, here comes Kane, who's uh, a bit sore from that sledgehammer shot. Undertaker picking Mankind up by his mask. A left and a big right drops Mankind. The table don't drop him. Throwing a table at him don't drop him. A big right hand does. Now Mankind in a dangerous position on the apron gets knocked down by the Undertaker. And the Undertaker wants to finish this and if if he does want to finish it then I, you know how tough Mankind is. You'll think of much punishment Mankind's got to go through if the Undertaker wants to put him away. And now he's got the mask. Oh my god! Oh. Is that Mick Foley underneath that mask? Oh my word! The mask is off. King say, let's look a look at the face. Oh! Oh, Mankind, or is it Mick Foley now? Well, it might just turn into Mick Foley, or even Dude Love. Potentially, yeah. Or Cactus Jack, with a Dude Love t-shirt. Now, Undertaker's got a sledgehammer! Jesus Christ, looking to take Mick Foley's head off with it. But luckily enough, he ducks out the way. Oh, and Kane's there. He's got Mankind around the throat. <laughs> Choke slamming him on the temporary Spanish announce table. Or timekeeper's table, I think that is. Oh, my God. Antigua aims for the head. Mankind moves. And Mankind's got the chair into the midsection of the Untaker. Right to the back. Mankind runs in. Antigua with a chair up. Antigua with a boot up to the chair. And now he's got Mankind around the throat. And a huge choke slam. You call that a huge choke slam? That's a huge choke slam. You think the amount of impact mankind's taking? I think one going through the hell in a cell is a huge choke slam. That's just a little baby one. I think after taking a choke slam through the cell, any choke slam would be hard. And now the tombstone pile driver on the chair. And I don't finished yet. Well, he's looking over that sledgehammer. And the rock (laughs) comes out of the dumpster. Takes the undertaker out from behind. And the rock is getting mankind out of here. <laughs> and that's one way to save him. <laughs> Throws him over barricade. And now the Antigua and Kane both got sledgehammers. The rock gets one over on Kane the Antigua and kind of thanks for what mankind did earlier. But now it's time to leave, Rock, because they're after you. And they both got sledgehammers. My God, mankind still didn't go down after that. So who won the match? I guess it was a disqualification because someone got involved, not the oh, team. The Rock got involved, yeah. yeah. Again, you know, another hellacious, horrific match. Say what you will about the past couple of episodes, but this has been a great episode of Raw. You know, we've seen Kane versus The Rock, Mankind versus Undertaker. We had this kind of storyline going along, and up next is Kane versus Gangrel. Up next it's Gangrel versus Jan Vertonghen. Oh. Young Min Sun. <laughs> up next it's Gangrel versus Edge. Well, Edge comes out from the crowd. Climbs onto the top rope and jumps onto Gangrel, all with the lights still mostly off Reg's entrance. These two don't, apparently, they have a history. As we've been told for weeks now, what's their history? Who knows? Maybe they hate each other because they're both dudes with long blonde hair. Well, Gangrel is really taking it to Edge. He hits him with a double arm DDT and a massive bulldog. Edge sits Gangrel on the top rope backwards and gives him a net breaker. Edge goes for a headbutt off the top, but Gangrel rolls away. With Edge leaning against the ropes, Gangrel charges and Edge flips him out of the ring. Edge runs and jumps over the ropes, trying for a crossbody out of the ring, but Gangrel moves. Gangrel hits a DDT outside of the ring. Yes, and both men are counted out. And after that, Gangrel sits on top of Edge, takes a sip 
of that red stuff from his cup and spits it up in the air. He tells Edge that the blood of Gangrel flows through his veins. Up next is X-Buck and China with Triple H versus Mark Henry. Well, China's going to start this one out in the ring, but the ref tells X-Pac to get in the ring. Mark Henry takes X-Pac, throws him into the corner with such force, it flips X-Pac over the ropes and out of the ring. It's quite amazing. Henry treated X-Pac like he was a stuffed animal or something. D'Lo Brown walks, or shall I say, shakes his head to the ring. <laughs> well, X-Pac gets back in the ring, and Henry drops him with a huge punch. Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T, and someone Justice walk out and pass you down the ramp. X-Pac tries to suplex Henry, but can't, obviously. He calls for China to get in the ring, and they double suplex Henry. X-Pac covers and off before the ref can start the count. He whips X-Pac into the corner and splashes him. Henry then takes X-Pac and tosses him a few feet up into the air. X-Pac kicks Henry and takes in China. China runs at Henry and tackles him and jumps at him, punching Henry in the face a bunch. China delivers a right hook to Henry, dropping him and tags back in X-Pac. X-Pac hits a spinning heel kick, lands a Bronco Buster. X-Pac tags in China, but D'Lo holds her leg from the outside of the ring so she can't enter the match. X-Pac baseball slides D-Lo and goes outside of the ring to attack him. China climbs the top ropes and goes for a crossbody from above, but Henry catches her in midair and power slams her. Well, he covers her for the win and gets the fuck out of the ring as quickly as possible as Triple H runs in there with a chair. He throws the chair at Henry and China gets up rather quickly after that. Yes, and uh, our next matchup is probably going to be my highlight of the evening, and that is Jacqueline with Mark Mero versus Sable but versus Sable in an evening gown match. So both ladies start in gowns. Whoever strips the other of her dress wins. Sable rips one of Jacqueline's straps as soon as the match starts, so Jackie thinks an even better strategy would be just to choke Sable. I mean, it's hard to argue. Well, Sable tackles Jacqueline, climbs on top of her and rips off part of her evening gown. They roll around a bit while people yell in approval. Sable hits a Sable bomb and rips off Jacqueline's gown. Mero, the ever-considerate boyfriend, covers up Jackie. Well, Sable is about to get out of the ring, walks back to the centre of the ring. Then she takes off her gown. Anyway, why? Because she's a fucking lady and that's what ladies do, or because she wanted to. Whatever. <laughs> What's How about many that? ones have you bashed out to that? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> so just uh, getting out of the ring. Well, I've got an idea for a match at Evolution. Yeah. <laughs> well, after a break, Michael Cole is backstage with Ken Shamrock. He says it's about time he gets the title shot. Because he keeps beating people. I guess Dan the Mustache Severin counts as people. WF Championship on the line. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Ken Shamrock. Oh my God. So here we go. We have started this quickly and Austin's come in. Punches to the head to Shamrock. These two men are going to face off as well because, you know, these are two faces going at it. Shamrock now fighting back from Austin. Oh, poke to the eye, though. And like you said, the breakdown main event will be ruined if Shamrock is successful. Nice calf kick by Shamrock. The only time I can remember him uh, being involved in the title match is at DX in your house against Shawn Michaels. That was December 97. But he takes down Austin. That was nice by Ken. Austin rolls him up, though, to a pin attempt. Ken turns it back, though. And Austin hasn't been able to take his T-shirt off yet. Oh, Austin looking for a back body drop, but Shamrock rolls through, lands on his feet. Takes the arm, goes for the ankle, but Austin immediately rolling out the ring. Well, he knows how dangerous that move is. Goes to the outside, manages to take his t-shirt off now. Shamrock adjusting his gloves. We've got a fight in our hands here. Austin takes down Shamrock, going to the ring post. 
Oh, wraps his left leg round it. Austin in the ring now and clothesline back of Shamrock's head. And Austin's got to be top of his game, not only tonight, but calls coming up to breakdown as well. He's, Suplex from Austin. He's got massive target on his back. He can't keep Shamrock down for one, though. One. Nice suplex by Austin, and again, only a one. Third time, rolls across for a cover. Takes Shamrock to the outside now. Rakes him across the apron, then just dives down with an elbow. JR says Austin's the most popular WF champion WWE history. I mean, do you agree with that? Is that Digger Hogan, do you reckon? I think it might be, yeah. <clears throat> Who do you think is the most popular champion of all time? Who do you think the fans love the most? I'd say maybe Austin over Hogan, yeah. I mean, Hogan was loved, but Austin just, like say, every arena rose to their feet. As soon as that glass shatters, bang. But, you know, with Hogan, I think he had, you know, especially during his time in WCW, he had kind of his uh, downer moments. And Austin, it was it was never down for Austin. As soon as, you know, the Austin era came in, even though it was for, what, six years? Yeah, about that, yeah. Six, seven years, you know, it was all them six, seven years he was on top never faltered yeah it's true that's true the reaction that he got you know he, he mainly invented like what, 38 pay-per-views whatever it is so you don't do that you know if you're not loved and you're not tired of the same thing you know people want austin to it, it, it's it's classic wrestling story they want austin to succeed you know the odds are stacked against him and they want steve to come through yeah and again you know austin's not your classic catch can style wrestler he's i he, was oh, brilliant on the mic but, you know, I think it goes to show in this era, it's it's more of a, a talker's ring than it is a wrestler's ring. Uh, but we are seeing, you know, Austin can, you know, can do it in parts, if you just saw then. Got hit with a fisherman suplex, but reversed a hurricane runner into a powerbomb. You don't see Austin hitting that move very often. And this is the problem with, with, with Austin as well, with the injuries that he sustained. That's why he finally had to walk away, you know. We talk about longevity or something like The Untaker or Kane or even, you know, The Rock. And, you know, they've been around, but with Austin it was really serious, you know, with the neck and the knees and stuff like this. It is a shame. But, uh, you know, maybe that makes the Austin legend grow even more, that we can look back 20 years and say at this point we never had a bad comeback, you know, especially with the Shawn Michaels thing happening right now. You know, Austin's never going to be tempted to come back and face anybody else again. You know, at that time, like you said, he was on top. And I don't think it could be replicated, you know. People sometimes outstay their welcome. And Austin just d- did it right, didn't he? You know, if we look on his career, he just walked away at the right time. Oh, most definitely, yeah. Oh, Shamrock managing to get a bit of separation. Looks to run a ropes, but just runs straight into another knee from Austin. And Austin in control of this one at the moment. He's got Shamrock. I think he's trying to turn him for the Boston Crab. Well, the strength of Shamrock's legs just spins Austin right round. But Austin doesn't stay down for long. Picks Shamrock up. Irish rips him. Million dollar dream. Learned that from uh, his time being the ringmaster. Shamrock pushes Austin off. And now Shamrock's got him in a sleeper. Austin backs up into the corner though. Now Austin's shoulders to the midsection. Now Stone Cold picks Shamrock up. Places him on the top turnbuckle. Oh, spreading Shamrock's legs. <laughs> <coughs> Austin going up. And Shamrock fighting off with a headbutt. Now here comes Shamrock. Oh, looking for a double axe handle smash, but Austin goes low. Irish rip to Shamrock. Dodges by Austin. Here's a diving cross body. Goes to the cover. I think he only gets one there as well. One. 
Austin with a knee to the face. He's not the cleanest of wrestlers, like we say. You know, he will use somewhat underhanded tactics, but I think the crowd love him because of it. <laughs> As I say that, I rake. Headlock takedown, and he just goes for a side headlock. Looks like Shamrock's got some internal bleeding going on. Well, Shamrock is a tough man, but like I say, yeah, that's not going to help. Austin's going to focus on the area now, try and just send Shamrock to sleep. But I, I've liked Shamrock since we've watched him, you know, this year, since his debut as well. I think he's he's grown to it quite quickly, and I think the crowd's still invested in him. Let's not forget he won the King of the Ring this year. Austin throws Shamrock to the outside, follows him up. Irish whip to the stairs, but Shamrock reverses it, sends Stone Cold hip first into the steel stairs. You can hear the impact of them. Now Shamrock's stumping away. Referee say, come on, get the ring. I think that area's had enough punishment during the man can untake a match, but they're still out there. And now Austin's going to try and maybe pole drive Shamrock on those mats. No! Shamrock reverses it. Back body drop to Austin. He lands on those mats. How thin are those? Those mats are way for thin. I think even back then they was filled with concrete anyway. So. <laughs> and Shamrock shends, shends Austin into the ring. Shamrock's got Austin in the corner, stomping away and choking away. Well, make no mistake, Shamrock wants to leave here, WF champion, but the fans slowly behind Stone Cold. Shamrock throws him from corner to corner, but he walks into a boot from Austin. Working his shoulder into the midsection, Irish whip, throws Shamrock into the corner, but Shamrock runs out with a clothesline, takes down Austin. Now is Shamrock growing momentum in this match? It's been back and forth so far. Shamrock Nice flow over, goes to the cover, but Austin managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Shamrock looking to turn Austin for his own Boston Crab. Oh, and he's got it in, and Austin's struggling. And Austin's fighting it, struggling to get to that bottom rope. We know our is not the greatest when it comes to submissions, but oh no, Austin gets to the bottom rope. Shamrock relinquishes the hold. Oh, and now an accidental low blow there. Well, he managed to pull, he didn't see it. And now Austin stomping a mud hole. Walking it dry. Throws Shamrock against the ropes. Ken bounces off. Double clothesline. Now both men down with the grandest prize in the business on the line. We talked about how great this rules being, you know, with Mankind versus The Undertaker, Kane versus Rock. Now Austin versus Shamrock in the main event. Austin going for the cover to... Oh, Ooh, but Shamrock managing to kick out. And now the brothers, the destruction are... Walking their way to the ring. Well, they haven't got the sledgehammers. Obviously, they couldn't find the rock, but here we go. And Shamrock and Austin are fighting off the Brothers of Destruction. I think Shamrock's more pissed off because he's uh, had his title opportunity taken away from him. He gets choke slammed for his trouble, and Kane's just stomping away at Austin. Oh, my God. And the Brothers of Destruction just destroying the WF champion now. Oh, wait here comes the rock and sock. <laughs> And now Rock and Mankind fight. The Undertaker came up. Man's on the stage. Can't believe what he's seeing. Can't Harry Kane's got a score now. Oh, and Austin's got the chair. Austin's got into the ring. Got a chair in his hand. Oh. One for Undertaker. One for Kane. And look at the amount of talent that's in the ring now. And Man backing off because Austin wants to go after him. And Man's plan is blown up in his face. And what a way to end Monday Night Raw. I mean, that was a great episode of Raw, wasn't it? That was bloody brilliant, yeah. If they wanted to get back on top of the Monday Night Wars, I think that is uh, one way to do it. 
So up next episode two seven eight, and that's September twenty first. Yes, last week was awesome. It did great against MNF. Well, Nitro did with two four point eights, and Raw's second hour only hit four point one. This week actually dropped to a three point eight, while the first hour was strong with a four point two for a four point oh total. Nitro started strong with a four point three, but fell to a three point six up to a 3.8 for a 3.9 total. So Raw is back on the winning path. It's Jim Cornette and Shane McMahon on commentary. Well, Vince is in the ring with Shamrock and calls down The Rock. Mankind is already there and he warns Vince, better not come down. Well, the Untaken Kane arrive at the top of the ramp to make sure that does not happen. Austin will face Untaken Kane tonight and one of the three can volunteer to be his partner, but they basically should not. He goes on about the title and pride. He badmouths Austin as he tells Shamrock how close he came to win the title and then how The Rock could be champ. Mick could also taste the title and Vince wants The Rock to smell what he's cooking. He talks some more about the title and The Rock and finally there will be a triple threat match to decide who the number one contender will be and Vince volunteers to be the ref for the max match next week. That match will be next week, obviously. And the hint is delivered that none of them should volunteer to be Austin's partner if they want a chance at the title. Well, match one is Billy Gunn versus Jeff Jarrett, and that is G-W-J-A-R-R-E-T. Well, Road Dog has a bruised throat, courtesy of JJ. So, so Gunn gets signs to read from and be like Road Dog. Dog and Justice are sent to the back, and JJ is not happy, but Gunn takes advantage of it and hammers him. He slams him and gets the two count. Two. Gunn has the arm, but JJ escapes and drop kicks him twice. But Billy Gunn snags him and then Gorilla slams him and follows up by mounting and pounding him. Well, JJ knocks him to the floor and then Sly kicks him to the barrier, or barricade. Gunn gets his head bounced off the steel steps, but reverses the whip and JJ hits the post. Back into the ring and JJ is recovered quite quickly and stomps away. Jarrett then thrusts him into the corner and down goes Billy. And then he... Jarrett leaps off the second rope, nailing with a forearm. He drops him but delays the cover and then he gets two. Two. Billy recovers and goes for a pole driver, but his back drops. They exchange some shots and gun strikes with a rocker dropper and then tosses him back into the corner. Billy swings him into the corner and misses the leaping splash and hits the post and flies back into the ref. JJ has a guitar, but the ref grabs it and allows Gunn to finish him off with a neckbreaker. Cole asks what happens if Austin loses the title and how this shapes the pay-per-view and he will figure that out later. Well, Austin comes down and Austin tells the crowd that perhaps things are looking bad for him and that Vince is making all... Undertaker talks about it not being personal but business and then calls him an old dead bastard. Well, he calls a stipulation for the pay-per-view a load of crap. He knows that no one will volunteer to be his partner because they're scared of Vince, but he does not care. It will kick both the Undertaker and Kane's asses. Austin 666 will show up at the pay-per-view and the fans dig that. And match two is the Headbangers versus the Oddities. Headbangers demolish Golga and tear up St. Kavis and the match is over. And no, I do not care. Awful. It was a Cartman doll. Lovely. Well, Undertaker and Kane are with Cole. Taker claims Austin spews so much venom that is messing with his mind. He is the one who is who better watch out. And yes, it is about business. He better get a partner or there will be a funeral. Well, match three is Sable versus Jacqueline for the WF Women's Championship. The Women's Championship is back. Yeah, it's the first time it's been sin- seen since Medusa, aka Alanda Blaze, threw it in the trash on Nitro back in 1995. So, the Women's Championship is back after, what, three-year hiatus? And it's interesting it's going to be in this match here. I mean, 
the women on Nitro kind of being, you know, Nitro girls or managers and stuff. And now we're seeing a bit more competition. I mean, yes, it is bra and panties matches and, and evening gowns that we have been seeing. But I think this might be a serious straight-up wrestling contest, you know. We've seen Sable and, uh, you know, she's been all right in the ring. And Jacqueline, of course, she faced Disco Inferno last year in WSW. So, you know, she's faced crap men before. So it's going to be an interesting matchup with the women's title on the line. Who are you backing in this one? I'm going to back Sable, soon as she's been given the, the push of pushes. Mm. I might get behind Jacqueline, just because of Mark Mero being there. But here we go, bell rings, we're going to start this women's title match off. And it's weird because, you know, 20 years later we're getting the, women's, the first ever women's only pay-per-view. And the women's title came back this time, so we see how important it's kicks to the face. Takes down Jackie and now shouts at Mero. Gives Jacqueline a chance though to recover. Take out Sable from behind. Now Jacqueline with a kick to the midsection. And I have no idea where, the JR, where JR and the King are. Maybe they're just on holiday. Together. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Jackie just kicking the midsection of Sable. Planting Sable with a spike DDT. Goes for cover. Two. Oh, but Sable managing to kick out. Ah. Now Jacqueline touched choking Sable on that second rope. Referee tells her to stop. And then Mark Merrow has a choke of his own. I'm sure he's choked Sable before in the past. Now Jacqueline being told, dive on her. Sable moves. And uh, I think the best thing to say is Jacqueline caught on that second rope. <laughs> Would you want to kiss a better James? Well, maybe. And Sable now taking her down. Right hands and Jacqueline bouncing. Her head's getting bounced off. Irish whip. And a back body drop by Sable. And there's this Sable's uh, comeback double clotheslines. Sable just throwing Jacqueline about. Now Mark Merrow gets up on the apron and tries getting involved. Oh, and he gets a forearm for his troubles. Sent it to Barry Cade. Merrow putting Jacqueline back on the apron, but Sable's caught her. Merrow grabs Sable's legs. Jackie's got the cover. Oh, and holding Sable's legs down while Jacqueline had the pin and... Jackie is your new women's champion. Well, that's a bit of an upset. Sable is beyond consolable. She is so upset right now. She wants Jackie again, but Jacqueline is the women's champion. Match four is the unsecret Kane versus Steve Austin and mystery partner. Yes, well, Warzone starts as Austin makes his entrance. Now, I wonder if anybody's going to be his partner here. Oh, my God. Billy Gunn coming out here and McMahon saying, what the hell is this? Oh, you didn't know. Well, Vince is bending back with Pats and the Briscoe and he's all happy, but DX music hits. Here comes Billy Gunn. Vince is pissed and yells at his cronies for not doing anything as the other three should stay out of the match. Well, Billy Gunn here saving the day, maybe, <coughs> Mr. Arse. His partner's uh, injured at the moment with Road Dog out. But will he pay for it in his future career? I mean, you know, he, he never be. McMahon had his card marked early. And here we go. Kane after Billy Gunn. It's Untaker Austin in the ring. And Billy Gunn getting beaten for the choice he's made now by Kane on the outside. Untaker uppercut in ring. And now Austin firing back. Big right hands. Irish ripping Taker. Taker dodges. And that is classic Undertaker there. Billy Gunn says Kane into the stairs. Irish ripping Undertaker. Austin dodges it. Lufez Prez. Wailing away at Austin with a big right hands. Drops the big elbow. And now tags in Billy Gunn and 
working well together. Oh my god. <laughs> Billy tried to dodge the right hand, got caught with it. Undertaker scares away the referee. Undertaker ducks it and turns it around, gives some big right hands to Taker. He reverses an Irish whip. Billy tags in Austin. Who would have thought, eh? Austin and uh, Billy Gunn. I know, teaming up. Billy answering the call, like I said, beating Jeff Jarrett earlier. Now teaming up with Austin. Kane gets tagged in. The Brothers Destruction working on Stone Cold. And a huge Austin chant. Austin managing to fight out. Now right hands. Clothesline taking Kane down. Sets him on the second rope. Hits him. Can't keep him down for long though. And the thing is, the pay-per-view this Sunday, the Undertaker and Kane will be looking about taking out Steve Austin. Boston at the moment doing well, tagging in Billy Gunn. Walks into Chains, uh, walks into Kane's grip though. Oh, the Undertaker strikes Billy from behind. All right, that distracts Gunn long enough for Kane to take him out, close on him out of the ring. And Austin, he's just standing on the edge of the ring apron. You know, he doesn't need to waste any energy. Billy Gunn's not going to be in a title match for the main event. So. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? And you say that, though. Austin come around making sure they get Billy in the ring. Ah, oh, Shane is awful on commentary. Slammage. Great one. So Jim Collette is not... I mean, I don't mind Jim Collette, but I find his voice very annoying. I gotta wonder what's going on down south there, boy. Slammage. I know, the Undertaker's got a vice-like grip on Billy Gunn's face. Well, he's covering the nose and the mouth. Billy Gunn's unable to breathe. Oh, Billy Gunn with a big kick, but Undertaker unresponsive, standing up and just clotheslining Billy Gunn. Big right hand to Austin, knocking. That entices Stone Cold to come into the ring. Undertaker drags Billy Gunn to the his corner and tags in Kane. Billy Gunn with a backslide, but runs into a big boot from Kane. I mean, just as Billy Gunn seems to see the light at the end of the tunnel, Kane boots him in the face. And Austin has to come in and break the pin. You know, that's probably over there. I mean, how dominant have the Undertaker and Kane been? I mean, if they wanted to be tag team champions, I think they could just hold it for the rest of time at this moment. Austin is in serious trouble, not only tonight, but come Sunday. But again, you know, the the points have been raised during commentary on here. You know, if uh, how's how's Undertaker going to react when Kane goes for a pin on Austin? And, you know, vice versa. Mm. Is it going to cause friction? Yeah, they may not be able to pin each other, but it don't stop them ripping ten shades of shit out of each other. Yeah, no, we've seen that this year, haven't we? You know, let's not forget the Inferno match and that WrestleMania 14. Seems such a long time ago. Now Kane and Undertaker are on the same page. Kane's going up. Perched up top. Oh, takes down Gun. Goes for a cover. And again, Austin in breaking up the count. And he thinks Kane's number one. Gunn again starting to fight back, but just the knee to the midsection from Kane breaks it up. But then Kane walks into a back elbow from Gunn, and both men take each other out. Well, he'll take a look for his brother to get tag in. And the fans want Austin in. Austin wants Austin in. Kane grabbing Gunn's leg. He's a fingertip away from getting Austin in the ring. Oh, manages to get across. Austin comes in and he's on fire, baby. Look at that crowd go absolutely mental. As Austin is, goes for the stunner on Undertaker. Oh, into Kane. Hits the stunner on Kane. One, two. Oh, oh. but Undertaker in to break it up. <clears throat> and now Billy Gunn is after the Undertaker. Kane does set up. He gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Lands on his feet, though. Drags Austin out underneath the bottom rope. The Undertaker was punched in the corner. Pushed Billy Gunn into El Hebner. Referee's down. Billy Gunn's up. 
Billy Gunn's down. Choke slam. <laughs> going for the cover. One, two, three. Right, so Austin and Kane with the legal men. Undertaker pins Billy Gunn and gets the victory. Well, that's an excellent point. I think maybe the referee being a bit woozy didn't realise what was going on. But Austin's not finished yet. I thought he was going to grab his title belt, but he goes and grabs a steel chair. Oh. Hits Undertaker. <laughs> hits Kane. Kane didn't even try and block it. <laughs> <clears throat> well, that mask might have protected him not. Well, Kane's up, though. So's Undertaker. Fair play to him. Well, up next is the DOA versus Southern Justice. But eight ball gets a quick two on Canterbury, but he's run over with a clothesline. Skull is in, and he connects with a side slam and gets a two count. Two. Dennis Knight is tripped up by Paul, and Skull hammers him. JJ has come down and blasts Paul with a guitar. Well, I'm not sure how the match ended. I guess Justice won. It did suck balls, though. Yeah, so Vince is in the back discussing how upset Undertaker and Kane are and may get involved later tonight. Al Snow has come down and asked what everyone likes and loves to get and they chant head back at him. And that is match five and that is Sergeant Slaughter versus Al Snow. Oh, sorry, Sergeant S. Laughter. Well, Al gets reinstated if he wins. Anything goes in this match and Slaughter blindsides it. And Slaughter blindsides him. He rolls him into the ring and rips him with his belt a few times. Sarge charges him in the corner but runs into a boot and is cut puddled into it. Snow rips him with a belt and Slaughter heads to the floor. Snow bears the back and whips that too. Now they blast one another with chairs as Snow gets one to the head and covers him to the floor for two. Two. Slaughter gets whipped into a barrier. Snow gets up the chair and leaps right into Slaughter who is wallowing against the barricade. Shades of Raven. He moonsaults off the barrier and gets a two. Two. Now back in the ring. Al has the chair and he misses the moonsault off the top and hits, and his face hits the chair and it's Cobra clutch time. Al is about to escape. He grabs Head but misses and is put back in the clutch. Head whacks him and down goes Sarge. But Al is wobbly too. Sarge takes off the loaded boot and misses him and is nailed with it. And then Head knocks him out. Al wins and gets a contract. It was fun stuff, wasn't it, you know? Oh, ever so fun, yes. Uh, and it's Briscoe and Patterson come down and attack Snow, but Scorpio comes out and clears him out. Or well, Val is laying on a couch acting like a paedophile as he discusses his latest video coming next. Uh, Rock is actually next, and he talks about the triple threat match, and he knows it will be he will be the best damn champ. Mankind is a piece of trash and will lose. Shamrock is living proof that anyone can act tough. He's going to lay the smack down on their candy asses. He's going to prove to all these goofs that he will forever be the people's champion. And it is match six, Val Venus versus Owen Hart. Well, Ronald's is at the announce table and he talks about being a changed man and how Venus will get his. Will get his. Shane and Cornette are baffled. He can turn the other cheek. Well, Owen interrupts Val's spill. Owen gets hammered at first but comes back and sandwiches him in the corner. He strikes with a backbreaker and then pounds him in the corner. Uh, afterwards, he suplexes him and then he mounts and pounds him. And now Dustin comes in and attacks Val, who strikes back with a spine buster. Dustin hopes and Val has the mic and smacks him, yelling for him to turn the other cheek. Val mocks his change and then talks about how his wife basically having an orgasm. And now it is video time. Something about Terry. Well, she tells Dustin that Val is a much bigger man. And then Val pops up from under the covers, intimating that he's eating her out. He's looking for a kitty cat and he never found it because her vitties were so tender. And Pac is doing push-ups right before his match. Here we go then. It's Eddie Brown 
for the European Championship. This is one of those that I really enjoyed when I first started watching stuff from 1998. The D-Lebron X-Puck feud for the European title. I think it was important because, you know, you've got the main titles, haven't you? You've got the main champions and stuff like this. But for, like... Uh, a secondary or even like kind of third belt as it was with the European title. Tertiary. Exactly. It's good. <laughs> True story. It's good though that they can have a feud over it. You know, look at the US side like this. There's not that much um, to go on and now you've still got the kind of Nation DX feud even though the Nation are slowly fading. D-Lo and X-Puck have had their problems and their next shake and X-Puck starts with the kicks. D-Lo, has got that padding there for the injury from Dan Severin. I think he's uh, healed up by now, but still. And this is proper wrestling as well. They've started off really, really quick here. D-Lo catches X-Puck with a power slam. You know, these two could definitely go. I think D-Lo is massively underrated, apart from power bombs. Oh. What? <laughs> you know what? D-Lo picking up X-Puck, slams him down. Nice leg drop. And D-Lo going up. Yeah. You gotta so love shake his head and put his hands out. He should be paying more attention to X-Pac, though, I think. D-Lo, right hand, sending an X-Pac back in the corner. You better recognise. D-Lo just runs through Pat with a big clothesline. Oh, man! That was uh, Shane McMahon on commentary. Slammy slam. Slammy. Slammy slammington there. And a punchington right to the chewy. Crash bangy. And a wallop. Whoopa. Whoopa. D-Lo Irish ripping X-Puck into the corner. Looking for a splash by X-Puck sidesteps and hits him with some big rights of his own. Spinning heel kick in the corner. Throws D-Lo to the opposite corner. Looking oh. for a Bronco Buster, but D-Lo moves out of the way. Right, that was impact there. Not only on his genitals, but on the neck of X-Puck, which is surgically repaired. D-Lo being a great athlete, he is probably scouted that. Big clothesline, but can't keep X-Puck down. Kicks out. Oh, uh-huh. D-Lo slams him down, looking to go up to the second. Drops that big elbow on X-Pac. Two. Oh. oh. Puck managing to kick out. Uh-huh. D-Lo thought he had the job done then. A big D-Lo sucks chant going out through the crowd. And D-Lo picking up X-Pac again. Slamming him down. For that frog splash. Oh. No. Moonsault. Sp- springboard moonsault from the second. But X-Pac rolling out of the way. And now maybe it gives X-Puck a chance to get into this match. More of a chest protector. D-Lo going for the right hand, but dodged by X-Puck. Another spinning heel kick takes down D-Lo. Irish whip. Oh, looking for a clothesline. D-Lo ducks it, but X-Puck catches him second time round. Who nips up to his feet. Bronco buster time. D-Lo's in trouble. Oh, he's got a mouthful of cock right now. Irish whip, D-Lo reverses. Comes running into a big boot by X-Puck. Oh, pop-up powerbomb, though. Doesn't capitalise and go for the cover, though. Well, he sent X-Puck sky high there. Goes for the cover. X-Puck is... Oh, no. Just managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. Oh, D-Lo stomping down and X-Puck's going to go up. His brains must have bounced off the inside of his skull. He's going to go for a fog splash. No, X-Puck's already out. Here comes D-Lo. Oh! Hits him with the X-Factor. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. And we've got a new European champion. And it's X-Puck. And new... What do you think of that match? That was very entertaining between the two guys, actually. Yes. Yeah, you know, uh, 
quite an underrated match. You look at the rest of the card and what else happens on there, and then you know you see X Pac versus D'Lo Brown. It's like, uh, you know, but it's actually quite an underrated match. Very good between the two guys. Yeah, yeah it's good, and we got a new European champion here. But up next is our main event, and it's Mankind versus Ken Shamrock versus The Rock. Well, it goes to Shamrock and they maul one another. Mankind blindsides Ken and now he is double teamed and stumped. Mankind now turns on The Rock and mauls him. He knocks both to the floor and Shamrock slides out and kicks Mankind. He hits Rock and then steamrolls Mankind into the steps. Rock is up and knocked back down again. Mankind is rolled back into the ring and greets Shamrock with some stumps and then just unloads on him in the corner. He ploughs into him with a running knee and then chokes him out. Shamrock counters with a suplex and both are down. Rock is back in the fray and stumps on both and then focuses on Mankind and stumps away. Shamrock knees him from behind but is elbowed and slammed. It is elbow time and the fans erupt. After a two count, two. Shamrock is tossed to the floor. Mankind ducks a blow and gets a two count. Two. After a DDT. Mankind punches him in the head and then sends him to the corner where he misses a forearm, drops into the apron and he just rolls back in the ring and sends the rock into the ropes. And Shamrock pulls him to the floor and they pound each other. Well, Shamrock's head meets the announce table twice but he's able to reverse the whip and the rock bounces off the barricade and his clothesline. Ken goes into the ring but Mankind pounds him he has him in a leg scissors. However, Shamrock is out, and after some punches, he puts him in a sleeper. Rock rolls back into the ring and puts a sleeper on Shamrock, and Mankind puts an end to it with a jawbreaker. Now Vince heads down the ramp with Kane and Undertaker at his side. Mankind has the rock in a claw. Shamrock breaks it up and clotheslines Mankind and puts him in the ankle lock. Rock taps Ken, who breaks the hole thinking it's over, but he's destroyed by a clothesline, then the rock bottom. Mankind breaks up, he goes... Towards the rope and is pulled out and flung into the steps by the Untaker. Shamrock and Rock are going at it and the Rock floats around and crushes him with a DDT. The Rock gets a near fall. Rock misses the clothesline and Shamrock fires back. And it's Hurricane Rana time. Rock staggers to his feet and leaps right into a power slam and Ken gets a near fall. Shamrock charges at him and he's tossed over the top. Fling him into the steps and pound on him. The Untaker and Kane get in the ring and the Rock is concerned. But does he, not, he does not back down punches both but he's hammered and then double choke slammed by them well Vince is giddy at this and Kane and Undertaker depart but they head back and pound on Mankind some more Vince turned round and Austin is right there and drops him and then stomps on him but Kane and Undertaker run up but Austin has already backed away well the match is over no decision well I guess they're all laid out so that makes sense it was not bad and teases who the number one contender will be Again, Mankind getting into the head of uh, Undertaker, giving Austin a chance to beat up the man. Okay, so up next it is the WF pay-per-view. It is WF breakdown. And a 1.0 buy rate is... Oh, a 1.0 buy rate is approximately equivalent to 400,000 buys. So WF breakdown, which was 27th of September, got 0.86 buy rate, which is equivalent of 315,260. Buys. 250. 250. Well, by your maths, 256 buys. Yes. 315,256. Mm-hmm. So it's WF Breakdown, Will Hamilton, Ontario. Yes, WWS first pay-per-view in Canada since Survivor Series 97. Yeah, the first match is Own Heart versus Edge. Of course, both men are Canadian, but it's Owen who gets the hero's welcome. Edge gets distracted by a blonde-looking chap and ends up losing. Do you remember the feud between Al Snow and Too Much from King of the Ring? 
Well, WWE does, so it's given to us. Too much versus Al and Too Cold Scorpio. Well, the team were known as the Job Squad, and I'm not sure how the hell this match got on pay-per-view, but the Job Squad did win. And it is Mark Merrow versus Droz. It's a boring match. At least he didn't drop him on his head. <laughs> yes, Merrow won. <laughs> Bradshaw beat Vader. Well, go on. well, more on this to come. And D'Lo defeated Gangrel. So I guess the push is over. We had a triple threat steel cage match between Shamrock, Mankind and The Rock. The match went back and forth between all three and each were double teamed as Mankind and Shamrock double teamed The Rock. The Rock fought back with a DDT to Mankind and a float over DDT to Shamrock. The Rock then performed a scoop slam and a people's elbow to both before climbing the cage. Mankind and Shamrock stopped and attacked The Rock. Rock then performed a low blow to Shamrock and a rock bottom, rock bottom to Mankind. Shamrock fought back with a belly-to-belly suplex and applied the ankle lock. Mankind stopped Shamrock and climbed to the top of the cage. The Rock followed, but Mankind threw him off. Mankind then performed a diving elbow drop from the top of the cage, but The Rock avoided it. Shamrock then attempted to climb out of the door, but Mankind held on to his leg. Shamrock brought a chair into the ring and attempted to hit Mankind. Mankind avoided it, performed a double DDT on Shamrock and hit with a chair. As Mankind climbed the, climbed the cage, The Rock pinned Shamrock to win the match and tender to the WWF Championship. Yes, and uh, Val with Terry beat Runnels. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind this match all storyline. Sure, it made Terry look like a whore, but what didn't? Plus, it was building to the return of Goldust. Outlaws and X-Pac beat Double J and Southern Justice. Why can't this feud end? Yeah, and then the main event. As you expect, this was more handicap than triple threat. But this is just the end of the uh, match itself. So Austin on the outside now, and he's been beating down this entire match. He's got the chair, though. Bang! Smashes Kane over the face with it. Kane does not like blocking those chairs, does he, you know? Austin going for the cover, but... Oh! Undertaker interrupts with said steel chair. Chair to the back, goes for the cover. One, two... Oh, and you mentioned this, Dan. What would happen? And it seems Kane has just pulled off the Undertaker. And stopped him from pinning Austin. Yeah, so now they've both been arguing. First time we've seen this in this match. And now Undertaker just beating down Austin. The Undertaker's got Austin on the apron. The Stone Cold's title reign is in serious jeopardy now. Kane off the top. It's Kane off the top. Diving, clothesline, taking Austin down. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh, but Undertaker returning. The f- pulling Kane off. Well, each man has pulled the other one off now in this match. And they're going to argue. They can't beat the other man. Off. But what can happen is collusion. No. No. Kane looking to take uh, Austin out. But Undertaker saying, nope. I'm going to take you out instead. And now McMahon's plan may be backfiring a little bit. Of course, Undertaker and Kane want to be champion. Well, Austin gets a bit bit of respite as the Brothers of Destruction go head to head. Oh, my God. And now Austin and Kane working together, treating Undertaker like a ping pong ball. A double Irish whip by Austin and Kane. Austin backs out. Kane delivers a big boot and then Austin eliminates Undertaker from the Royal Rumble. And now he turns his attention to Kane, choking him over the top rope. Side rush and leg sweep to the big red machine. Austin goes for the cover. This could be it. No. Kane with a thunderous kick out. Oh. I said a thunderous kick out. Oh. And it's set up now, and we see McMahon and the Stooges and Sergeant S. Laughter watching on. It's Kane with a headbutt dropping Austin. And I'm taking a big right hand to Stone Cold. 
Kane looking to go outside. And now Undertaker's having words with him, saying, look, I'm the big brother. I'll get the pin. You just beat him up. Oh, and Kane sending Austin into those still stairs. <coughs> You're a master baker. Now Kane beating up Austin on the outside, but Austin trying to turn it around. But throws him into the ring. And now the Undertaker's there. And both men are going to turn their attentions back to Austin. Yeah, this is bad news for Stone Cold. I've got some bad news. Kane's just choking out the rattlesnake. Goes for the cover, but referee's not in position. Poor officiating her. Slowly getting into the ring, but Undertaker pushes Kane off. And Kane pushes the Undertaker back off. And again, both these big monsters going head to head. Both of them want to be champion. <laughs> and again, Undertaker attacks Kane. Both men delivering lefts, rights and uppercuts to each other. Well, huge strikes and Kane sends the Undertaker into the corner. Now the Undertaker fight back with right hands. There's Austin again getting a bit of breath back. And oh. both men close on each other down. Austin sits up. <laughs> and Austin might have a chance now. Austin 6-6-6. Begging one of them to get up. Both Undertaker and Kane sit up. To Austin kicking them. He got where he wanted. Now he's fighting both men. Irish whipping Kane into the Undertaker who falls out the ring. This could be Austin's moment. If he can hit a stunner. Uh-oh. Oh no, Kane catches him. Scoop slam. Kane looking for the big elbow but Austin moves out the way. Austin's up and now wailing away with right hands. Irish rip reversed though by Kane. He's going to pick him up, maybe slam again and try and get him into the tombstone. They're going to go for the spike tombstone but Austin rolls out the way. Pushes Kane into the ropes. Crutches Undertaker on the top. Now Austin with a kick to the midsection. I thought he was setting up the stunner. He is now. No, Kane pushes Austin into the Undertaker after a bit of a delayed stunner there. And now again, the Brothers of Destruction working together. But how long will this cahoot last? This is the thing, isn't it? I mean, both men. Well, both men are happy to work together until it comes to someone getting a pinfall. And then this is when they fall out. Double choke Sam low by the Undertaker and Kane. Double cover. One, One, two, three. Oh my God, we're a champion. But who is it? It's, well, it's not Stone Cold. No. But is it Kane or the Undertaker? Double pin there. And McMahon, well, he got his way, but who is the champion? Kane the Taker? (laughs) Under Kane? Oh, Hebner's got the title belt and all Briscoe snatched it. Is it to McMahon? Oh, my God. McMahon holding up Stone Cold Steve. Oh, holding up the WF title. But who's it belong to? Well, Austin's title reign is over. And McMahon's got what he's wanted, his master plan. Gerald Briscoe getting a shot for his uh, troubles. And now Vince is running away with title belt. Oh, Patterson gets waylaid as well. Oh, Vince straight into the limo. And he's gone. And Patterson's trying his best against him. Here comes Briscoe. Austin fighting all three men off. But they've stalled him enough for Vince McMahon to get away. Well, as Austin had a breakdown, McMahon has taken the WF Championship well, away Well, McMahon from him. has had a breakthrough in his master plan. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, you can hear McMahon. Oh, look at McMahon. Screw you, Austin. It's mine. And then the big middle finger as he gets in the limo. 
And Austin cannot believe it. And who is the WWE champion? I guess we'll have to find out on our next episode of Raw. And luckily for everybody, we can move on to our next episode now. 279, September 28th. Yes, the pay-per-view was not as good as previous ones. They threw most of the matches together with only minor build. They need to make them worth watching and spend more time on building up the feuds. Raw was preempted, but at the same time, they need to flesh them out more. Bradshaw knocked out Vader once, and now a month later, a pay-per-view match. <clears throat> well, now most of the wrestling was decent, and they did a good job, but it should have been better, and there were too many filler matches. The cage match was pretty solid. The main event was typically overbooked, but still had its moments. The Undertaker and Kane nearly splitting, and once again, they set up where Austin had to lose in order to keep the heel strong. And that was wise. Austin is not Superman and needs to lose here and there. And I mentioned my thoughts of the bookings of the match last night and we'll not repeat them here. Still, the main event matches for the WF are far better than what is shown in WCW. Raw had two good Raws. Continues. Raw wins with hours of 4.4 and 4.9 for a 4.6, while Nitro received a 4.0. It started with 4.3 but fell to a 3.9 for the final two hours. Well, Vince comes down to Austin's music. He goes that he told everyone so. All Austin had to do was play by the rules. Austin will not get a rematch, but he is magnanimous and will celebrate Austin's career. He has a police awaiting for his arrival. Vince is excited to crown a new WWF champion tonight. Official belt, one without the skull on it. He wants Austin here to help crown a new champion. Slaughter places the belt around Vince, who tells the crowd that he hopes they've enjoyed the evening. Damn, is this crowd hot. Vince gets up in a corner and poses for the crowd as the police escort him to the back. They pan to the back and show the reception awaiting Austin when he arrives. Well, here come the outlaws. Pan to the back again. Lawler is challenging Jim Carrey, Man on the Moon movie. So match one is Southern Justice versus the New Age Outlaws. Canterbury buries Gunn and Dog makes the save. Gunn comes back off the duck and strikes with a forearm shiver. Knight gets the tag, runs into a swinging net breaker. Road Dog is in and he snaps Knight over. Shimmies his hips and lands on him, but Canterbury comes in to lend a hand and kidney punches him. Gunn, who is the best pure athlete in the WF, gets the hot tag and clears out the ring. Canterbury is hit with a rocker dropper, well, a famouser. Double J tries to intervene, but the guitar is grabbed and Canterbury gets blasted with it. Gunn does not look happy that Road Dog did that. Well, Gunn is face shoving him. Jesus DX bickers every other way. Gets in the ring and is shoved down by Gunn and scrapes his eye. Gunn pouts and leaves. Triple H comes down in his wheelchair and Gunn brushes by him. Oh, well, match two is Dan, the Mustache Seven versus Owen Hart. Well, Coe is outside DX door as they bicker. JR calls it a family feud. Fuck, it happens all the time with these ass clowns. Dan gets a hometown pop. He starts strong, but it's hit with a heel kick and a belly to belly. Owen is putting a chokehold, but Owen flips behind and Owen pile drives him and Dan's. Not sure what happened, as all I can find out is that he was involved in a storyline. He's out for a few months and comes back for the Rumble and does little else. I think he was on his way out. It's an angle. Severin is taken away in an ambulance. Well, match three, and that is Vader versus Al Snow. Vader starts strong with some clubbing blows. Al fires back and finally gets him down with a running clothesline. Vader blocks the body slam attempt and drops him with a short arm clothesline. Snow kicks at him, but Vader grabs the leg, only to get clocked for the insecurity. Slaughter puts his foot on the ropes, and Al swings around head. The ref is looking at Slaughter for some reason, and Vader is knocked out and pinned. Well, these two needed a lot more time. Mm. A pouting Billy Gunn is leaving, no loss. 
match four, and it's a six-man elimination match. It's uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, which is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, Mark Mero, Gangrel, Edge, Dino Brown, and Droz. Bad neck. Comes out of the crowd and goes after Gangrel, so it's these two. He punishes him, It's but it's tossed, and his knee is wrenched with a dragon screw. Gangrel falls off the middle rope and is rolled up and finished. Gangrel sucks. Dilo Brown blindsides Edge and drops a leg at the, as the crowd has chanted that Brown sucks for some time. Edge counters with DDT. Edge tags and draws the teeth off and then suplexes Double J in the ring and drops him with a back elbow. Jarrett hits a stroke and follows up with a drop kick. Jeff then clotheslines to the floor and they start brawling on the floor. They're both counted out. Mero drops Edge with a Samoan drop and heads up top as Brown shakes the ropes, crutching him. Dilo giggles and Edge takes advantage and hits a Hurricane Rana from the top. Brown and Brown leaps from the top and crushes Mero. Edge drop kicks him to the floor and pins Mero. Edge leaps onto Brown but is distracted by Christian. Look, there we are now. Look, there is Christian's. We saw him in the crowd at breakdown. But he looks just like Edge. Sky high by. And that finishes him off. But we got no name yet for Gangrel's friend. But that is Christian. So I wonder what his Christian name is. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, it should have been better when he gets a shot at the European title next week. Well, Vince is back in the ring with his cronies, flanked by police. He calls out The Undertaker and Kane comes out soon after. No fire explosion for Kane and Vince thanks him. Both men are deserving of being the champ. Well, they single-handedly covered Austin. Or double-handedly. Double-handedly. So we've got the WF title belt on the stand here. And Vince is going to make a decision. Huge Austin chant. Oh my god, what is this? Is Austin driving a Zamboni? I mean, it looks that way. Trying to get in, the police are stopping him. Well, the police are unable to stop him or keep up with the Zamboni. My man shout, don't let him in here. Oh, there goes the light. Oh my god. Is that Austin's music hitting or is that a fucking light smashing? I think he just smashed the light, but here he comes. And listen to the pop. Here he comes. Oh, hits the ring a little bit. He's on top of the Zamboni. Jumps straight <laughs> over the police officers at ringside and just takes out Vince, starts wailing away at his head. The crowd are going mental. We've got the police officers. We've got the Stooges. We've got the flatable stone Steve Austin thrown in. I'm taking cane. Can't do nothing about it. I'm trying to look see if I recognise any of the police officers. <laughs> Well, Austin handcuffed, trying to get that man. Well, that is unbelievable there by Stone Cold Steve Austin. What a memorable... Even if they've got smiles on their faces. What a <laughs> pop as Austin came out. You crazy redneck. And did that, and he's getting escorted away now by the police. Vince wants his ass taken to jail as the cops try to settle him down, and they take him away. Yeah, well, they cuff Austin, who keeps trying to get a Vince. Vince is finally being led away. The sound was cut off as Austin cut the sound by driving over it with the Zamboni. Vince is yelling about Vince as he is led off. Huh? Austin is yelling about Vince as he is led off. Vince is hobbling towards the back. Vince wants his ass taken to jail as the cops try to settle him down. Now he wants them to let go as Austin tries to get at him. He's putting a cruiser and driven away. Vince is hobbling again. After the break, Vince is back in the ring, flanked by the untaker and Kane. They need to recall that they were to keep Austin away from him. But three times in the last week, Austin has brutally attacked him. 
They do not live up to their end of the deal, so we do not live up to his, and therefore they will have to fight for the belt. Well, the next pay-per-view, they will battle it out. He is going to put Austin into their business, seeing as they, they cannot keep him out. Austin will be the guest referee. Vince will be there to watch him suffer the indignity of counting one of these two as counting as one of these two become the champ. Vince wants to make sure everyone gets their money's worth and they will fight in a handicap tag match. He mentioned shout out mankind to the rock and the crowd gets louder with each announced name. Dear with the Undertaker Kane is like dealing with the handicap. One is and one is mental. He turns to leave, the Undertaker grabs him and tells him that he needs to watch his ass. The next time Vince gets in their way, he will be the one handicapped. Vince flips them off thinking they weren't looking. It's sheer brilliance by Vince. Not only doing that... Does he give his golf? He does give his golf as well. In some weird way, this all leads to Mr. Socko. But we'll have to explain that next week. <coughs> oh. <laughs> well, it was Vince to come up with Socko, wasn't it, when he was in hospital? Then that's next week when he gets put in the hospital by them. <laughs> and the fans loving the fact Untaker and Kane beating the hell up McMahon. Kane fighting off the Stooges. My Untaker working on the knee and puts him in a kind of leg lock. Brisk goes up in the apron. <laughs> Brisk goes on the sucking steel steps head first. And now they take McMahon out the ring. Kane was putting up the wrong leg. Vince McMahon helps him out. Kane's got the leg on the stairs. Untaker's got the other stairs. They're not, are they? No. Oh my God, JR, you are right. They have just smashed the ankle of the chairman of the World Wrestling Federation. The fans are going absolutely crazy. Oh yes, the Undertaker decks him and pummels him. Kane helps out too. Undertaker goes to work on the knee and puts him in the figure four. Well, actually it was a... Yeah, we don't know. On Sunday night heat, China attacked Henry from behind, kicking him. She belts with a pipe as ref tries to hold her back. So Henry versus... Oh, one one of DX? (laughs) No, it is Farouk. And China is the guest referee. Uh, Mark Henry thinks that she's his girlfriend. Farouk tries to attack him at the bell and gets knocked down and bounced around. He's knocked to the floor and Henry goes out after him and body slams him. Henry crushes him with a power slam. China will not make the count and just glares at him. So Henry picks him up and gets a low blow from China and Fruit falls on top of him and China counts a fast one as it's all over. Well, it's lame-ass advancement of a lame-ass angle. China was served some papers and she tosses them after reading them and departs. But man is putting an ambulance and mankind is trying to give him some soda. <laughs> Match five is Oddities versus the Headbangers. The insane clown posse trips up one of the bangers and Kurgan leaps on him for the win. Uh, The Rock talks about the match tonight. Val is getting a blowjob from Terry and he's doing that creepy ass sighing. At least Val gives hope to ugly dudes everywhere, Dan. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) James? (laughs) Well, Val Venus versus X-Pac. Who is the champion for the European title? Well, Val starts strong. He slams him and then hammers him for a bit. Pack is run over to the ropes where he's choked out. Pack runs into a boot but strikes back with a kick to the head after a two count. Two. He strikes with a flying clothesline. Well, Val is hammered in the corner and Pack preps for the buster. But Terry trips him up and he is nearly pinned by the perfect plex. Val slams him again and China has come down and she shoves Terry. Val tries to hit China and X-Pac slide kicks him, and both he and China wail on him, and the match is tossed. 
So we did have Brown get a shot next week. That was just a random and useless match. The fans booed too. There was really no purpose for it. Now, Cole is with Mankind in some sort of electrical storage room. Mankind brags about his chair swinging skills and that the people's bow is the worst move ever. A Clinton joke too. Okay, the Untaker strolling in the back. And uh, match six is Mankind and Ken Shamrock and The Rock versus Undertaker and Kane. And in the early going of this, before the Undertaker and Kane had come out, they'd been beating each other out. First it was Shamrock beating up Mankind and sent to the outside. And then The Rock made his entrance and was laying a smack down. But, but the Undertaker's music playing. Maybe this match will actually start now. And there we go. But still beating up each other as the Undertaker and Kane are coming out. Stop fighting each other, fight us. <coughs> Kane sends Shamrock over the top. Mankind out of the ring now as well. So it's just a rock stuck there. Stuck between a rock and Undertaker. The Kane in a dark place. <coughs> Double big boot. And look at Mankind sending Shamrock. Let's be on the same team. And here comes the Undertaker now. Gonna go old school. Oh, as he clubs down on the back of Rock's head. Jarl makes a good point. The Rock is the number one contender. He won it at breakdown and that still cage match. We just haven't got a WF champion as yet, but we're going to sort it out. <coughs> we're going to sort it out at our next pay-per-view, which is Judgment Day. So surely, surely, if Rock's number one contender, there's no championship holder, why don't he use his number one contendership match against no title holder? Because I don't think Vince McMahon wants The Rock... As champion, if I'm fair. I think he, he wants to manipulate himself. He wants to play Untaken and Kane off each other. And he finds Mankind, Shamrock and Rock great, you know, grating on him. So that's why he sticks him in this match to try and fight each other. My man makes everybody paranoid. Who said that? What are we talking about? Rock fighting away from Kane now as this fight slowly decided to turn into a match. Rock tagging in Mankind. And these two guys can't wait to get their hands on each other. And they worked well together though last time out. When the Undertaker and Kane was involved. Now Mankind in the corner with the punches. But Kane turns him round. Throws him to the Brothers of Destruction corner. Tags in Undertaker. I'd agree with that JR. Saying uh, Mankind has the highest threshold of pain in this business. Well, we see how much punishment he can take. As he ducks the Undertaker, tags in Ken Shamrock, and the Undertaker immediately goes straight after him. And then Shamrock turns his attention back to Mankind. And Shamrock is not a sane man. (laughs) Rock has to take out his own partner to sort it out. I wonder what the Undertaker and Kane are thinking. Or Shamrock managing to kick out. Uh But there is no love men. Well, especially, you know, the history between The Rock and Shamrock. Well, these two men despise each other and Undertaker there. Nice kick. Game goes to the cover of Shamrock, gets shoulder up at two. Two. Working over the arm, tags his brother in. <coughs> Kane kicks him straight in the chest. Shamrock trying to fight back against Kane, but his strikes are quite unresponsive against the big red machine. Who backs corner. Now going for the Irish whip. Shamrock ducks under the clothesline attempt and hits a seated drop kick. Barely rocking Kane though. Looks at Hurricane Rana, takes him down. 
The cane sits up almost immediately. And Shamrock does tag a Mankai now. He wastes no time getting his hands on Kane. Unfinished business. And here he comes. Cactus clothesline. Oh, sends both of them out of the ring. Both men land on their feet. Mankai up on the apron. Undertaker not doing anything. Oh! That cannonball off the apron, but the Undertaker now. Follows it up with a clothesline. Referee stopped Undertaker getting involved in the first place, but now referee's back's turned. Mankind gets thrown into the still steps. <laughs> the referee's scurrying about our Undertaker, scaring him off. Three weeks until Judgment Day. Mankind trying to get back into the ring and back into this, but Undertaker holds on to his leg, allowing Kane to hit him. And the Rock and Shamrock are just stood there. Oh my God, the Undertaker crutches Mankind. Mankind pulling at Kane's mask and he just gets a stomp to the face for his troubles. Kane's going up. Mankind's slow to get to his feet. Oh, but even quicker to get back down to the mat. Kane goes to the cover, but Mankind kicking out. Now Undertaker just choking out Mankind in the corner. Rock and Shamrock still going at it verbally on the, on the ring apron. As Mankind's just getting beaten up in the corner. Mankind with a back elbow comes the way now and starts attacking the dead man. Can he get back into this match now? Nope. Undertaker <laughs> dodges back elbow and a clothesline. It's getting worked over by Kane as he gets thrown into the steel stairs. That wasn't Thunder either, that was Gibbo. And now the Undertaker has got the um, cables and he's choking Mankind. We'd say Undertaker's the cable guy. Well, how could referees not seeing this? I know he's probably concentrating on Rock and Shamrock. Now Kane's got the chair. Oh, cacao. Oh, unprotected chair shot to the face. Mrs. Foley's baby boy's in a lot of trouble at the moment. You get sent in the ring by Undertaker. And this is it. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. Oh, the referee no. saw through Undertaker that Mankind's leg was on the rope. My God. Great officiating ever. Oh, Hebner. For once. He's missed the chair shot and he's missed the cable choking, but he catches fucking Mankind's leg on the ropes through Undertaker. That's the WWE for you. Kane lowers his head. <laughs> oh, swinging neck breaker from Foley. Or Mankind. Kane sits up, though. And Foley, or Mankind, rolls onto his belly, looking for a tag. Unable to get across, though. So out of these five guys, who would your money be on to be the next WWF champ? Well, it'd be Untaker or Kane. They're both facing off at Judgment Day. i got to say, Untaker's experience probably favours him in that match. What about you? I'd say Kane... He looks the more demonic, unstoppable one out of the two at the moment. You know, obviously, as you say, said before, that Undertaker's an eight-year veteran, whereas Kane's still in his first year. And Mankind dodging a close. Double arm DDT. See how quick Kane gets up now. And the Rock does want the tag. Kane's slowly sitting up. Gets the tag in the Undertaker. And Mankind tags in the Rock. And the Rock's on fire, baby. In big right hands to the dead man who reverses the Irish whip, lows his head. 
Oh, gets partnered with a DDT. Rock goes for the cover. Two. Oh, oh. but the Undertaker kicking it up. Kicking out. Uh-huh. Up. And the Rock certainly kicking up again. <clears throat> Looking for the people's elbow. And the crowd on their feet now. Most electrified move Bang. in sports Hits entertainment. One, two. The Kane in and the kick to Rock's shoulder. Taker sits up. Shamrock's in now going after Kane. Well, it makes a change. And then we're going after Mankind or the Rock. <clears throat> and now it's Rock and Undertaker brawling. Mankind's back in. Shamrock and Kane sent over the top. Kane lands on his feet. And now it's Rock and Undertaker. Tags in Mankind. And Mankind now telling Shamrock to put his knee up. And they're actually working like a team now. That's it. That's one way to beat the Brothers of Destruction. <clears throat> or not as Shamrock runs into an Irish whip from a boat, but picks the Undertaker's ankle. Oh, that was lovely by Shamrock. Kane in from behind, though, kicking Ken in the back. He knows that was bad news. And now the Rock gets tagged back in. Shamrock takes Kane off the apron. Oh, he's going to go for that DDT then, but the Undertaker just stood up to it. And they try it again, though. Oh, no, oh, Rock, rock bottom. bottom. Plants Bang. the Undertaker. One, two, three. Wow. Well, the Rock basically beat the Undertaker clean there. As clean as a whistle in a three-on-two handicap match as you can get. Oh, my God. <laughs> as three-on-two handicap matches go, yeah, I suppose. Taker's sat back up now, but the Rock gets a victory. The number contender, and he'll be facing one of these two men, I guess, after Judgment Day. And Undertaker blaming Kane for this. I was down there fighting Mankind and Shamrock. Well, not only does The Rock beat Untaker in this episode, but Austin's gone to jail and Vince has gone to the hospital. Everyone's going somewhere, aren't they? Yes, that's the whole point. Well, the match did the job, and this is how you would push someone. WCW did it with Goldberg. The WWF just gave The Rock the monster push. He is the heel and booed at the pay-per-view against Triple H, and then the next match... He garners more respect, and then after that, he's really over. The WWF books him to win his next pay-per-view and match, and he pins the Undertaker cleanly. What a way to end Raw for the month. So let's jump ship to WCW. Yeah, and let's have some full brawl fallout. Full brawl fallout. Yeah, we just had War Games. And what did we find out? Well, DDP is a new number contender, and the WCW champion wasn't on the pay-per-view. This didn't stop Jericho calling them out every turn, but would Bill respond in person? And after months away, every wrestling fan was waiting for the return of the Nature Boy. The Nature Boy! Plus, the Warrior wants Hogan, and Hogan wants a spotlight. Yeah, so here we go. No Benoit Guerrero or Booker really hurts. Eddie claims that what happened was a work shoot that spilled on him was an accident. He said that in his book, and he's also stated he carried great anger towards Bissa for years and was bitter, but this was the WWE-produced Monday Night Wars DVDs, which was propaganda. Flair may be here tonight, so that'll be pretty sweet. I hope they follow up the pay-per-view with a good, solid show, but Nitro has been pretty darn good as of late. The PPVs have been terrible. Nitro wins 4.5 to 4.0 as Raw returns to Mondays. So it's September 14th, episode 157, from the Bilo Centre in Greensville, South Carolina.
Well, Tanae's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He's on a runway looking for Flair. He looks inside a limo and is told to beat it. He runs over to the plane wondering if Flair is there and the pilot has no comment. Well, Max Vaughn is Alex Wright and his ginormous penis versus Hammer. Alex Wright and his Hammer going against Hammer. Well, off match, Cat comes out and takes out Hammer. Cat is on the mic and calls himself a bad man. He can take on anybody. Dillinger leads security in and cuffs and stuffs him so you can get arrested for interfering now. Well, I guess so. Bret Hart down to the ring as Gene waits for him. Gene is really starting to ramble. He asks about the injury and what Bret has on his mind. Bret admits making a complete jackass of himself. He started listening to the wrong people and states Hogan is full of crap. Um, they bleeped it out and Gene corrects him on the name. Bret is tired of Hogan running from him and his false promises. Well, Bret is pissed and states he does not deserve the title. And while he's on the shelf for some time, when he gets back, he will hunt down Hogan. Here comes Piper. The fans erupt. Brett backs away from an angry-looking Piper. Piper yells at him about hanging with Hogan and hurting kids and his parents. Now Piper claims he's lucky for having a mum and dad. Yeah, well, Jesus, dude. Brett is not the first person to be conned by Hogan. And Brett looks like a chastised little boy. Piper wants Brett to prove to everyone who he is and what he's capable of. Well, Piper continues that this is a tough sport and if you can be a hero one day and not the next. If America can forgive Clinton, they can forgive Hart and the fans boo the Clinton reference. Gene asks what Brett will do and all he wants is another chance. And match two is Saturn versus Kendall Wyndham. Well, Kendall has owned this entire match. I was writing my intro but paying attention to the match and has and it has been quite long. Saturn has been tossed around. Wyndham has a reverse chin lock. Wyndham breaks the hold and T-bones him and then finally drops him and then gets a, uh, drops him again with a big boot. Saturn finally fires back but gets his knee bent back and down he goes. After some back and forth for another minute, Saturn spikes with a clothesline. Him and Bully slams him. Saturn goes up to the middle rope and drops the elbow. He covers him getting two. Two. Saturn pulls him up but cannot suplex him and he gets nailed with a swing net breaker. Wyndham tries to send him for a ride but he's grabbed and a deathly driver finishes him off. A bit long, but it shows Saturn's resilience. Well, the flock heads to the ring. Rave is in the crowd, demanding they pay attention. They have their 24 hours of freedom. He wants them to join him. Saturn is talking to them, telling them not to join and to do something with themselves. Saturn talks to Riggs and Horace and now Lodi. Counteracting, but interjecting here and there. Well, now to Sick Boy and Kidman. And Saturn tells the latter that he has an amazing talent and should be the Cruiserweight champ. Raven begs for them to come back to him. Raven yells at them as they slowly depart and Saturn gloats. Match 3 is Raph versus Renegade. Have not seen Renegade in some time. Raph is dismantling him. He boots him in the head and stomps away. He finishes him off. It was a complete squash. Here comes Hogan. Big brags about the new arena and it is a new house for Hogan. Also, he is here but Flair is not. Now, Hogan brags about the greatest. Bret Hart is a sissy and he should sit on the porch with Piper like sissies. What the fuck? Warrior is a coward too. Warrior could fool some of the stupid people some of the time and everyone saw Hogan beat everyone up at the pay-per-view. Warrior snuck up on him and robbed him of his rightful title shot. Hogan is going to send him back to where he came from. Hogan will be in Vegas partying and he's inviting Warrior Lair and to step into the ring at Halloween Havoc. After that happens, he's going headhunting and going after Goldberg. Fog. Hogan wants to know where the warrior's at. The disciple is gone and Hogan is freaking out after the smoke clears. 
Well, match four, and it's Kidman versus Juventud Guerrera for the Cruiserweight title. And this was a huge match for Kidman because it came at a time when Raven's flock stable had just disbanded, so he was on his own. He didn't have a theme music for this. Cruiserweight title match against Juventud Guerrera, who was one of WWE's best high flyers. At the start of the match, it didn't seem like the crowd was into it, and then the action really picked up, which forced them to wake up a little. It was a perfect example of winning over the crowd based on the action in the ring, because it's not like they had a storyline or anything. It was all about the action in this match and Kidman trying to prove himself as a singles performer. Yeah, so let's watch the match now because this is on the list of like top top 20, top 10 greatest Nitro matches of all time. So let's see how good this actually is as Kidman's looking to become Cruiserweight champion here. So this match is a bit of a stalemate thus far. Both men slowly feeling each other out. <clears throat> Billy Kidman's on the outside walking around for some time. The juice is daring him to get back into the ring. And as he does, he springboards over the top and just takes Juventud down with a lovely head scissors takedown and just starts stomping away at his midsection. It's been a great match so far. You see they've quickened it up, slowing it down, quickening it up, slowing it down, have some moves, and then someone counter it, some reverse that one. This is one of the greatest matches in Nitro. I really can see how they liked it. There's Hoovy now. I mean, he might have a speed advantage, but I would argue about that because I think Kidman is pretty quick. But let's start watching the action now. Oh, you're going to an ad break. Okay. As we return, Billy Kidman's got Hooven 2 down with a side headlock, but Juice is fighting back. And again, it's just like a counter-wrestling match. Billy Kidman counters Hooven 2. He rolls him up and then hits him with a drop kick. Kidman's got a little bit of fire about him. Well, he's got something to prove, you know, now going out on his own. He got the flock out there, didn't he? And now he's looking for his first. Well, the flock was disbanded. Championship gold. Yeah, but we heard what Raven said earlier. He wants the flock back together. Saturn was saying to Sick Boy and Lodi and all them lot, don't go back to where it was. And I'm sure Raven would love to have Kidman back in the flock if the flock is formed again. And now Kidman taunting away. As he gets even two downside headlock, slowing this match down a bit. Trying to get his breath back. Juice fighting back with some elbows to the midsection and a few knife-edge chops. Running the ropes goes between Kidman's legs but gets caught. Billy turns, tries to turn him inside out of an exploder but Juice lands on his feet. Gets hooked with a sit-out powerbomb for Hooven 2 managing to kick out. Uh, Kidman Irish whipping Hoove. Got him up wheelbarrow. Turns it into a German suplex. Goes for the cover but Hoove managing to kick out. Ah. Uh. Hoovy, I don't think can get up. Kidman's going for the cover. One, two. Oh! Now the Juice manages to get up after that. Kidman stomping Hoovy in the corner. Irish rips him across. Follows up with a clothesline. Sending Juice to the mat. Is he going to set him up for the 450? No, he's just going to drop an elbow. Goes for the cover. Oh, but only getting a two count. Two. Well, like I said, with the high flying moves, you know, Kidman loves using the shooting star press. And with Hoovy, it's a 450. But both spectacular moves, plus they've got the Hoovy driver, if you choose to, and Kidman, so in, innovative when it comes to wrestling moves. Innovative. I've got to say it American way, I can't say it English way. Innovative. Innovative. No? Innovative. Innovative. He's an innovator of violence. Now Kidman going to suplex, Hoovy rolls up behind. Standing switch and just plants Kidman. Nice German suplex, goes for the cover. Oh, but Kidman managing to kick out. Uh. <coughs> now, who have you going up? This is a take from the... 
Bows him up one, two. Oh, oh, but Kidman getting the shoulder up at two. Two. At the last possible second. Oh, it's ripping the corner. Kidman goes for the splash. Hoovy dodged it. Hoovy driver. No, Kidman turns him around. Oh, an inverted suplex. One, two. Oh, oh. but the juice getting the shoulder up at two. Two. And the crowd really get into it. It's Kidman picking up Guerrero. Splashes him to the mat. If we get Kidman going up, he used to call it a seven-year itch. That's going to be more of an itch on his crunch there. Yeah. As he gets crunched by Hoovy. Hoovy's put him in an uncomfortable position, and that no, that is not in the back of a Volkswagen. Guerrero coming up now. Hurricane Rana from the second rope. And now there's Juice looking to finish it. Here he comes going up with Kidman moving. Oh! oh. Caught in a powerbomb. And now it's the Juice's turn. He's in position. Crowd cheering Kidman on. Here he comes. Shooting star press. One, One two, three. three. We've got a new cruiserweight champion here, Billy Kidman. And he wins it for the very first time. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was a bloody good match. You know, both guys seemed really ill, obviously, towards the end. And then Billy Kidman just getting out the last minute. Minute. It's good, isn't it? It's good, isn't it? <laughs> and Saturn out here, is he going to congratulate Kidman? Well, even Toad is. Yeah. Well, Saturn told Kidman to go separate way, and he has, and look at that. And he said, look, you heeded my advice. Well done, son. Well, so much for Kidman to go to the back and Gene is sneaking around and he calls out uh, JJ Dillon and he wants to know if that was Flair went into the locker room. JJ will not divulge and he will be a surprise and Dillinger holds Gene back. Jackie Chan talks about wrestling. Uh, uh, Eric Bischoff is arguing with Eddie about who made who a star. Bischoff wonders how and sends him there and enjoy burritos. Eddie declares that he will pay. And uh, match five is Barbarian versus the British Bulldog. Barbarian is clotheslined to the floor, but he fires back and drives him into a post. Back inside the ring, Barbarian hammers Davey, picks him up over his shoulder and drops him straight down, getting a two. Barbarian passes him in the corner with a series of blows and even Jimmy gets in on the action and chokes him out. And he's up for the power slam and Jimmy holds on to Davey uh, and he knocks down Hart. Barbarian clubs him and misses the boot. And his weekly power slam for the loss. He wrenched his back. That's why he fell. I mean, his back fucking twisted and he's holding it. It was the fucking trapdoor for the warrior. His foot was planted and ouch. It's quite. It's the injury that kind of fucked up Bulldog's career, where is it? Oh, really? Yeah, because we want to see what ended British Bulldog's career. Oh, that was it, yeah. That was a power slam. There's a trapdoor for warrior. Mm-hmm. Of the AMY. Fuck that shit. I'm giving this five fucking stars. Wikipedia said he was hurt during full brawl, but I did not see that. Looks like it's here. Fucking Bischoff fires him in six months via FedEx after the dude nearly dies. Fuck you, Bischoff. If it's true. Well, JoJo's in the ring and discussing the buff and signer situation. And we'll rectify it. I was looking up the Davy Boy stuff. Well, the light's dim, and there's a god awful cackle, and the light's flash two. Two. <coughs> And match six, Jim Neidhart versus... Well, the miss comes and the Warriors shows up holding a downed disciple. Neidhart just leaves. Now the NWO comes down. The fans are becoming indifferent. Warriors rambling about the own revolution. He talks about the disciple, accepts the Havoc challenge, and looks around at his Warriors. 
He talks about fear and trembling and then disappears into the mist again. Well, match seven is Norman Smiley and Silver King versus Buff and Scott Steiner. Well, their ass is kicked. Steiner finishes both in a double Steiner recliner. Uh, that gets half a star. Uh, well, that gets a star and a half. Squash, and why have Smiley in a pay-per-view? Match eight, Giant versus Ming. Yes, they're just hammering one another. Ming kicks him in the head and staggers the Giant, and now they pummel each other some more. Giant finally headbutts him, but it does not phase Ming. Ming goes for the death grip, but cannot reach him, and the Giant has him choke slams and choke slams him for the win. Yeah, fun match. Ming does deserve a bit better. Well, Scott Hall with drink comes down and does his thing. Survey time. Wolfpack gets the largest pop. He calls it close and is one more for the good guys. Well, match nine is Scott Hall versus Lex Luger. Hall is just dancing around trying to mock and slap at Luger, who just laughs at him. He slips out of the lockup and takes a drink and trips getting back in the ring, banging his head. Luger grabs him and puts him in a headlock. Hall falls flat on his face and acts like he's just about and he's about passed out and then rolls to the floor giggling. Vincent is baffled too. He takes another drink. Luger has him in the corner, wondering if he's trying to get fired and tells him to knock it off. Here comes Bischoff. Hall mocks him and he come and comes out and Luger calls Hall a disgrace. Now Nash has come down and they're arguing. Luger and Conan look on confused and concerned. Hall just puked all over Bischoff and the fans are laughing and Hall is now pissed as EB is disgusted and wants to go to break. Hall gets in the ring and does his crotch chop. Now, quite a funny thing, that, because uh, after watching the uh, Scott Hall um, like photo shoot, he actually goes into detail about what happened in that. And he's saying it was um, cream of mushroom soup that he has in his mouth. Uh, Vincent passes it to him, and he pukes over Bischoff. And <laughs> funnily enough, he was actually sober during this time. Yeah. He drank a lot after the matches. He wasn't drinking before matches. But, uh, you know, it just goes on to play how, you know, how much of a mad fucking angle a storyline this was. Yeah, I mean, it takes too damn long. The segment was overall and ridiculous, like they're trying to outdo WF with Hawk. Now, let, let his wife wrote to WSW and Bischoff about how the angles impacted his life and life his family is just sad. If the angles hurt the family, then fucking end it. I do not think they should have started it in the first place, but it should be stopped when the wife has issues with it. Another big fuck you to Eric Bischoff. And up next, well, this is one of the great... We talked about great promos. And this is uh, JJ, Dylan, Arn Anderson and the Horsemen at the best. JJ calls out Arn Anderson and they're in the ring together. JJ apologises for what he said to him earlier. And friends do not do that. And he asks for his forgiveness. Arn is not worried and discusses that when he heard... Arn talks about Greenville, South Carolina in the 80s and wrestling in front of these friends. He wants to live up to the standards that were set years ago. The fans chant for Flair and Arn promises that everyone will get what they want. When Benoit came to me, he knew it was time and he calls out the other three horsemen. Fuck, it's Monkey first. Benoit, now Malenko. Arn is telling Benoit how special he is and how he'll carry the horseman banner beyond 2000. Well, Mongo is all man and will mean what he meant to football. Malenko has done the horseman business the last few months and no matter the conditions, it was Arn who did not get it. They will all... They will do this through the year 2000 and Arn is not responsible for what is coming next as heads will roll. Be careful what you wish for as now you have it. And look at the emotion on that man's face. And they're all bad to him. And 
And what a time it was, you know, 20 years ago. Not only did you have, like, Zamboni with Steve Austin coming in and stuff like this, but Ric Flair returned. Um, anyway, but Ram Flair... Well, then he pauses, yeah. and the fans boo a bit as he rambles, and then he yells, he almost forgot the fourth horseman, and calls out, The Man! Woo! Here he comes, and the fans are jumping. He gets in the ring and gives everyone a hug as the fans erupt. He's choking up, and I hope Eric Bischoff... And he lived together as Bischoff knows deep down that Flair is WCW. And I wonder why Schiller and Turner did not put an end to the lawsuit. Bullshit. Sit Rick down and give him a push and the money he deserves and tell Bischoff to go fuck himself. Okay, he thanks the fans and hopes for the past 25 years each fan got their money's worth. I mean, there is real emotion here. I mean, what other group can you think that you could do this with, you know, and finally have... Then come back and remember return. Shield. Not like this. Not like oh, this. Not there's such emotion now. Maybe in twenty years' time. If evolution. And again, evolution just a par- not parody. They're a kind of offshoot of the horsemen. The evolution is a mystery. Probably one of the biggest pops Flair's got. I I would say rival what anybody's got. This is equivalent of like punk uh, at Money in the Bank 2011. Do you know what I mean? That kind of hometown South Carolina with a horseman kind of base. I think he means every word he's saying there. Fire me. I'm already fired. <laughs> I'm already fired. <laughs> Classic there by the Nature Boy. What do you think of that, Dan, by Ric Flair? I thought it was absolutely fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, Flair heard the horseman having a party in the group. That Eric Bischoff claim was dead is alive and well. That may be his only shot and tells Bischoff this is a great TV moment and it's real, not fake. Bischoff called it real last year's was Flair and Sting in the back in Columbus. Arnold's one of the greatest performers who ever lived and Bischoff squashed it in one night. Bischoff told Flair to disband the horse, looked in the mirror and saw a pathetic human and quit. He owes the fans an apology for that and is bellowing. Bischoff has come down yelling that this is his show. Flair calls him an arsehole and an overbearing ass. He hates his guts and he's had it. Bischoff backs away and tells him he is history as Flair calls him a liar, a scam and a no good son of a bitch. He's already fired, so go ahead and fire him again. He's fired, so fire him. Fire him. He's fired, so fire, fire him. Fire me. And we've still got match 10. It's Sting versus Goldberg for the WCW Championship. Well, DDP has come out and he wants to be the first to welcome Flair back. DDP is at the announce table. Wow, so here we go. Michael Buffer with the in-ring introductions and what a roar it was. And what's Nitro is competing against it. And we've got Goldberg and Sting. What am I going to go automatically to <laughs> Why did you look at his penis protector for? You was the one that spotted it. Oh, you're the one that saw it. Sting's <laughs> coming out here. I don't know why he's got that there. In case it gets hard on. So do you like Wolfpack Sting? You love the Wolfpack, didn't you? Ow! I don't mind them apart from Conan and Lex Luger. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Kevin Nash every once in a while. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> That's what he said with shouts. Woo! 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 Oh, and here comes the WWE World Champion. Of the world. Of the world. Oh, there's uh, head of security, Dillinger, Doug Dillinger, knocking on the door. Ty Dillinger's dad. And here he comes with all the security. Oh, then he went then. 
And security's there, Dan, for Goldberg's protection, isn't it? No, it's not to protect Goldberg, it's to protect people from Goldberg. Wow, here he comes. True story. Engulfed in the smoke, started doing the uh, punches as he comes out of it, so it's slowly evolving. He's basically there now, isn't he, really? He's pretty much there. He's got a walk from the back. He's got the uh, the sparklers going. Breathes out the smoke, does a few punches. I think he chops it up with a kick and... He, ch- he changes it around. He does change it around. Yeah, and he's 143 and 0 as he comes out here. <laughs> so is this a match too big for Nitro? I think this is the argument, isn't it? You know, is it Bischoff wanting to win the ratings back and the first time ever meeting you could have saved for a pay-per-view considering Goldberg last night wasn't actually on the pay-per-view, you know? So, yeah, I think it's a case of that. I would love to have seen Sting versus Goldberg on pay-per-view the same way as they did with a Hogan match. We know DDP will be facing the winner of these two now. Is DDP as big a star sting? I don't think he is, you know? Well, they're eight days away from the next pay-per-view. Goldberg with a power slam to Sting. And Goldberg, we know he's going to be stronger than Sting. Sting's going to have to use the experience. Of course, former WWE champion in his own right. Goldberg Irish whips him. Sting sidesteps. Kick to the midsection. Oh, my God. Sting picks him up. Oh, powers him back first into the turnbuckle, hangs him up in the tree of row, but Goldberg rolls through. And the fans here, I would say split between the two. Well, they don't know what side to be on. Well, Goldberg gets straight back up again, sting to the outside. Well, it's it's a shock slash disappointment look on his face. Shock appointment. Shock appointment, and he's in there now. Or disock. And he wants to shock the world. He wants to shock the system by beating Goldberg here tonight. Why? Why would you... Why would you... Oh, come why, on. Don't why? be such an Adam Cole, baby. Why would you fucking... Why? Why? Now, Cole and Elba tie up. Crowd is hot for this one. We've already seen Ric Flair's return. And a new Cruiserweight champion here. Sting kicking Goldberg's midsection, but Goldberg responds. It's a big lefts and rights of his own. Drops an elbow to the back of Sting's head. Drops him to the mat. <coughs> Goldberg looks like he means business here tonight. I wonder who's going to interfere in this match. Sting reverses the Irish whip. But Goldberg too strong with a shoulder tackle. Sting jumping over Goldberg. Hitting him with a drop kick. But Goldberg's up before Sting. Kick to the midsection. Takes him down. and goes for that leg screw. Sting manages to get the bottom right break. That's a mission. Sting back to his feet, and Goldberg is showing respect for Sting. He's not showing respect for the other 182 people he's beaten. Sting now grabs the side headlock, but Goldberg powers him up, suplexes him. But Sting still holding on, though. That shows you experience. We talked over in WRF about Kane only being there for a year. I mean, Goldberg hasn't been around for that long on the main roster either. Since September last year, so he's just celebrating a year. It, well, that's what he said. In nine days' time, it will be a year since Goldberg has been in WSW. Sting trying to bulldog Goldberg, but getting thrown off. And Tony Schroni saying at the time, they've gone over time, they're going to stay with this one until it finishes. Of course, the Ric Flair segment, and if it else has happened on the show. You can see the kind of games that they're playing to try and get the ratings wars over. I mean, you know, going over time, Raw's gone off air now. Nitro's still running. You you know, you've had Flair coming back in the power. You've got Goldberg versus Sting, you know, it's 
It's all leading up to... There's a big war battle, really, isn't it? Well, this is the thing. And, and finally, you know, we've had some good bat and bad episodes of Raw and Night Show. But finally, both are, are delivering. It seems to kind of... They're putting the best out. You know, this this kind of episode will be seen with Nitro versus Raw. It really are. They're, they're bringing out the big guns, you know. And, and it is great to see. And it's enjoyable to a wrestling fan. What a great time to, to be a wrestling fan. I still think nowadays is a great time to be a wrestling fan. Maybe more so because the amount of content. But just having those two companies where, which were as big as each other. You know, I don't think can fathom that now. As Goldberg's picking Sting up, maybe the Tombstone him. Sting reverses it, though. Oh. Hits a tombstone on Goldberg. <laughs> but he's just shaking it off, and he's up to his feet quicker than Sting. Oh, my God. Goldberg to the corner. Sting a splash at the back of Goldberg. Hits one to the front. Oh, and he's trying to bring him out, maybe Scorpion death drop. But Goldberg hanging on to those top ropes. Sting hitting him with a couple of shots, going for another Sting a splash. Going for a fourth, but oh. Goldberg following up. Sting sensing that, moving out of the way. Goldberg hitting the turnbuckle. And now Sting chopping down Goldberg. There's the legs, and maybe now he's going to try and turn him. Goldberg nearly being pinned now, and Sting has got him round. He's got a scorpion on. But Goldberg just powering out of it. No, Sting's got it back, though. Goldberg's busted open. I think he's got internal bleeding. And Sting trying to get it in. Goldberg trying to power out. Goldberg saying no. But for how long? Oh, no. For fuck's sake. Well, you asked the question, who would get involved? And here comes Hogan. He's got his sights set on Goldberg once he deals with Bret Hart, Roddy Roddy Piper, and, of course, the Warrior. And Flair. And Bischoff. Oh, now here comes Hogan. Oh, for fuck's sake. Kick Sting in the back of the head. The fans boo. And that's the difference between WWF and WCW. Another city finish. Well, the referee didn't see it, so the match continues. And what the hell? Why is Hogan helping out Goldberg? Spears Sting. Well, he's hit the spear. And what happens after this? Well, James, I believe you're going to find out. I don't think Goldberg's aware of what happened. Well, I don't know if Goldberg needed his help or not. Well, he jacks him up. Hammers him down. One, two, three. And now Hogan attacks Goldberg from behind. My problem is with it is that Goldberg's such a beast and Hogan's offense looks so shit, you know. How can that beat him down? But Brett's down with half a leg. And he's pushing Hogan away. Well, Brett's injured. Goldberg's a champ. Hogan's walking away. And Sting's in the middle of... Goldberg's not bothered by the fact that Hogan interfered. And the fans are booing. I believe they're booing Hogan's interference. Well, what a show it was. From the Flair promo was fucking awesome and unbelievable. The Cruiserweight match was decent and the main event match was great. But the Flair promo was worth everything and should have ended the show. But then again, the main event did not disappoint for once. What a week for wrestling. It honestly shows how big Flair still is and how the ratings can explode for him still. And what an ending for both shows. And Austin could not move the needle against Flair and Sting and Goldberg. And he went overtime. 
great, great shit as we fade to black here. And we move on to our next episode, episode 158, which is September 21st. Yes, the return of Flair is more than welcome. Nitro is not the same without him, and the ratings boost proves that. Now, my guess is that he will feud with Bischoff, which he has, a, which has a little potential. If anything, he will get revenge on Henning and the NWO, but I am sure they will screw it up and promote Flair for a few weeks and then bury him again. I will admit that the Warriors not got the style as I initially feared, but then again, it's not that exciting. They have kept his appearances to him as wise as not having him wrestle, as he clearly looks good but never was good in the ring, and I'm sure that has not changed. The annoying cackling has to go, as does the cartoonish hall angle. I just cannot take it seriously. It goes on too long and adds zero realism that wrestling tries to portray. In fact, the fans are flat out rejecting it as they clearly look and act bored. Jericho has all but disappeared since his mocking of Goldberg. Not sure why they did. Well, not sure why they did not have Goldberg come out and squash him or at least down the road do so. They still may, but I know this is major reason. Major reason. Jericho leaves. Nitro was nipped 4.0 to 3.9, as clearly Monday Night Football had a good game on, or at least that is my guess. Well, Hall comes stumbling into the back of the arena with a brown bag, jingling bag at that. And he goes up to a baffled Dillinger and tells him his car's been hit. Doug is trying to get some more information out of him, but Hall cuts him short, declaring he's not his boss and to do his job. He will check it out and then tells Hall to get some coffee. The steam comes and covers the ring and a disciple is laid out in the ring. The NWO comes down and the Disciple disappears in a puff of smoke. Warriors up in the rafters and calls out Hogan. Hogan claims he's dodged him for years and to get his butt in the ring. Warrior denies that. Hogan is doing the coward thing, calling him a coward. Warrior has been running to reappear or some shit. Well, the Disciple kneels beside him and he has not been infused with the powers of the Warrior. But keep watching tonight. We're continuing own ev- revolution. O-W-N, One Warrior Nation. I don't care if it's a One Warrior Nation. O-W-N. It's like the NWO but backwards. Well, we're continuing with the own revolution and the plot thickens for havoc, etc., etc. Hogan is going to rip out his lungs. Well, match one, and it's Barry Darso versus Fit Finlay. Fit takes him down and works over the wrist. Barry pokes the eye and works over the arm. Fit fires back with Susie's forearms and shots and runs him over. He snaps him over and covers him for two. Two. Barry makes a comeback and chokes him out against the ropes. Barry drops him with a toe hold and applies a headlock. Fit is up and elbows free. Barry is sent into the ropes, but the elbows fit off the rebound, only to be backdropped, picked up and finished with a tombstone. It was nice to see Fit Finley again. It was indeed, yes. Uh, match two, and it's Jobber versus Raph. Raph is demolishing the guy. It is over. Yes, and that, that was just... Yeah, Rick, match three. <laughs> Rick. <laughs> match three is Rick Fuller versus Rick Steiner. Yes, Fuller gets in a few chops, but his power slammed, and it's over after the big bulldog. Another squash match. Yeah, he has the mic, and Goldberg may be 146-0, but he is 9,000-0 against his brother, and he will win at Havoc. Buff is called a girl twice. The cackling again. Hogan comes down and calls out the warrior. Just him alone. He's going to kick his rear end. Tanane should finally repeat nine times that Hogan is calling him out. No shit, Sherlock. Warrior comes out and dares Hogan to follow him. And they try and enter the smoke-filled back. They're in the locker room and there is a sign of the warrior. The OWN insignia is on fire. Disciple is laid out in the bathroom. Now the steam again sprays and Hogan is confused and screaming. The disciple is gone as Hogan cries for him. He cries at the mirror, wondering where he is. 
Raven is in the ring talking about how he gave to the flock and they deserted him. Well, match four is Raven and Canyon versus Villanos. He declared someone had to pay and it is Villanos who will pay. They are merging with a dual net break and powerbomb combo. Nick Patrick just calls for the bell. The other Villano runs in and is tossed. Raven and Canyon are sitting beside him and talk to him and now a trainer has come down. Jesus. Another neck injury. The good news is that he will recover and return in 2000. Damn, did he land bad. They lowered his body too much and the impact caused it. They need to shop, stop showing it. At least he's able to walk again. Well, Disco's working out, trying to lose weight to become a cruiserweight. Alex Wright and his fucking huge cock is in the ring doing some more whining. He's sick of WWE. There's one specific wrestler that disgusts him, and that is DDP. The fans chant USA at him. He challenges him tonight, and if he wins, he takes DDP's spot. DDP comes out slowly, tapping his wrist. Taping. Oh, taping. <laughs> taping his wrist. Well, match five is Alex Wright versus DDP. Well, DDP rolls into the ring and stomped into the canvas. Alex drop kicks him and goes on top and connects with a big missile cock kick. <laughs> Wright celebrates and goes back to working him in a corner. DDP reverses a whip into the corner, goes for a back suplex off the rebound, and Alex floats behind, only to be given a diamond cutter. It's a nice match for DDP. Gene climbs into the ring and asks DDP about his title match with Goldberg. DDP discusses how everyone wants to have a title in every sport. The fans chant Goldberg and DDP tells them that he knows who he is. Goldberg has risen so fast in the sport and of course DDP has to work for where he is. But they both have big hearts and they are bringing all they got. At Havoc it will be a bumpy ride and Goldberg may feel the bang. Match six is Lenny Lane versus the cunt, uh, cat. Well, Pussy will take him apart with his bare hands. Why has he got bare hands if he's a cat? He's given him five seconds to leave the ring in the city. Lenny repeats that the cat starts to count, so Lenny starts to leave, but he's stopped by the cat who backpedals on his offer. Lane calls him a three-time karate champ and does not want to face him. Cat wants to shake his hand, then kicks him in the chest. The bell rings, the cat yells that this is his house, only to be rolled up and nearly pinned. Cat retaliates with a shot to the head and pounds at him. Meanwhile, Scott Hall staggers out in a drunken haze. That's a good name for tag team. Hall is on the apron and Dusty comes down, pulls him off and yells at him that he's thrown it all away. Cat finishes him off. Well, not much here. Hall got some airtime. Disco is still working out. Jericho was backstage last week and had to go to the airport when he found out Goldberg was upset. Up next is Jerry Flynn versus Saturn. Saturn is dismantling him. He kicks him in the head and sets up a table and Flynn is able to recover and he unloads on Saturn but is nearly pinned with a bridged German. Now Flynn swipes the legs and then mounts and pounds him. Saturn is on the table but he's up and they pound each other until Flynn punches a post. He is posted himself and then placed on the table. Saturn leaps and then rolls into the ring where he finishes him off. A long match but where is Saturn going? Okay, I watched that segment but it was multitasking. It was fairly solid. Scott Steiner and Buff come down and Scotty talks about how Buff and great he is. He makes fun of Boston being a city he loses, especially since Bill Buckner. He calls out Brett for leaving the NWO and wants to know where he stands as he does not appreciate his hypocrisy. He calls him out. Brett limps down. A shoving match between the three ensue and Brett is kicked in the knee and assaulted. Sting makes the save. Steiner and Buff leave. Rick runs down and decks Scotty who runs off. Match 8 is Disco Inferno versus Kidman. Who's a champion for the Cruiserweight Championship. Well, Kidman drop kicks and gets two after Lariat. Two. Disco counters with right to the eye and puts him in a headlock. And after, they sh- and after the shove-off, runs him over. 
Disco just falls down, acting tired from his earlier workout. Disco rolls to the floor in order to recover, and Kidman leaps out on top of him. He rolls him back in the ring where he connects with a slingshot hurricane runner. He gets two, two. and he's put in a chin lock. Kidman breaks the hold and keeps hammering away. Commercial. <laughs> Kidman leaps from the top and other connecting. after connecting, he gets a two. Two. Lodi throws down and there's a sign that claims he's lost without Raven. Kidman's distracted and he's kicked and power drives him. Disco cannot follow up, but finally does so and then he gets a two. Disco unleashes a flurry of kicks to the corner, picks him up and slams him. He stops the dance and then drives his fist into Kidman, getting a two. Two. Kidman comes back as Disco delays and spikes him after a bulldog. And swing a neck breaker gets two. Two. Disco is able to escape, but is still planted and the shooting star press finishes him. Started weak, but ended really, really strong. Match nine is Chavo Guerrero versus Conan. Well, Chavo does the Conan thing. He gets some crowd support, declaring the fans love him as much as they do Conan. He wants to join the Wolf Pack, but is refused and clotheslined. Chavo retreats to the floor after a seated drop kick where he hugs Pepe and gets back in the ring and is hip tossed. Chavo runs over and knees him because Coney just yells his catchphrase and walks in circles. Chavo slides off the whip and kicks the back of the knee. Chavo drops the elbow leg and another elbow. He rides Pepe around the ring. Conan has had enough and clotheslines him. He pounds him for a bit and Chavo counters with a poke to the eye. He whips him into the corner, then flies into him with a flying forearm, and he follows up with a drop kick. He pulls him back down, applying the rear chin lock. Conan escapes, rolls him up for two. Two. Commercial. Chavo has him in a chin lock and then pulls back on the arms. Conan gets to his feet and knocks him to the floor, where he whips him into the railing and then hammers him. Chavo is up and he gets a shot before being rolled back in the ring. Chavo is able to nail him, but still covered for a near fall. After a leapfrog, Conan back kicks him and then plants with a cradle suplex, and it's sunrise time. And it's over. A nice long match. Chavo should have had a bit more offence towards the end, but solid. Bischoff is in the ring with Liz and he's bragging about building an empire that no one thought could happen. He was built the largest and most successful wrestling organisation in the world. He's now going to Japan to repeat what he did here. He makes fun of the horseman and then states that Flair will not be here tonight. He may have a contract, but he said some things last week and also will not wrestle because of Arn losing. He may be able to, but will never lace his boots, and beside he is too old, and so he's doing him a favour. This is his company, and that he, not a double-A, will wrestle. Eddie Guerrero learned that lesson, and he continues, and now cue the horseman. Fuck yeah! Flares at the head and comes down the ramp, and Bischoff tells him that he and security work for him. Doug Dillinger blocks Flair's path, and they discuss what is going on. Bischoff wants Dillinger to get him out of here, declaring that this is not Charlotte, North Carolina. Doug's step layer continues towards the ring. EB backs against the ropes and Flair just has a mi- and Flair has a mic. The fans are fucking erupting. Flair just soaks it in. Bischoff will probably forget the rating spike and ovation in a week. Flair declares Bischoff has lied again about Flair not being here and about the horseman being dead. Flair touts the other horseman and he's declared and he's decided to become a horseman because of the others. Bischoff wants him to punch him, but Flair does not. Hit executives in jeans, tennis shoes and NWO shirts. He laughs at them. Bischoff repeats and Flair responds that it will not happen. Nor will Liz ride Space Mountain. He's not going to punch him because he's not going to have another $2 million. And then he goes off about to- to- taking his son to the wrestling tournament and how he was not allowed to. He tells Eric Bischoff to suck it. Well, Bischoff repl- responds that he got some of the story right and Flair yells over him that he has selective memory and that the horsemen are too good and he is too bad. B- 
Bischoff wants to know if he saved his money. Flair responds that he worked for his money and travelled the roads with Arn, Dusty, Lex, Sting and Hall. They made the business that Bischoff sits atop of and they're not there because of him but because of the WSW and the fans. There are not 1,200 people watching the Horseman but 1,200 girls waiting for him while Bischoff was in the bathroom buying his first condom. <laughs> Bischoff responds that it's TNT and not the History Channel. Flair goes off that Bischoff is basically a nobody and how he introduced him to Hogan. Bischoff bitterly responds that he wanted Hogan so he could carry his bags and hope to rise to his level, something he could never do, and everyone in this building knows that. Hogan has done so much for this industry. Flair laughs at that and goes off. He dances round the ring and mocks Hogan, and Bischoff wants his mic cut off. He talks about Norfolk next week, and Bischoff demands they do not show up, and Flair is wooing. They all go up to it, Bischoff, and show the horseman's signal. <clears throat> Match 9 is Stevie Ray and the Giant versus Kevin Nash and Lex Luger. Well, it was supposed to be Hall, but they play that he's incapacitated. Nash gets the crowd riled up, and now Luger and Ray start off a lock-up. Ray knocks him down and works over the back and stomps away. Luger gets his hands bounced off the top bu- turnbuckle. Hall is at the announce table, claiming there is no alcohol policy, and makes fun of Nash. He wants to go out and beat him up. Ray body slams Luger as Hall supposedly fell out of his chair. Ray misses the elbow drop and Ray is run over with a couple of clotheslines. Ray backs into his corner and regroups as Hall heads towards the ring and Ray and the Giant are not happy to see him. Well, Hall tosses out the ref and wants Luger to tag in Nash who obliges. Hall jewels at him and takes a wild swing, misses and falls down. Nash Nash sits over him and Giant runs in and blasts him and Ray pulls out Luger who posts Ray and grabs a chair as the Giant hammers Nash. Giant leaves and now Hall is surrounded. He runs at Nash, who sidesteps and tosses him to the floor, where he is led out. Well, Nash has the mic and promises to never air his dirty laundry, but he lost his best friend. He wants to fight, but not for free. He would do it for the money and havoc. Nash reminds him to show up. Well, Angle Advancements finally set up a pay-per-view match between Nash and Hall. Hogan and Bischoff come down and he wants Warrior to come out, as he is tired of all the games. Warrior comes out and Hogan is gleeful. As a disciple comes out from behind and he turns and shows an OWN jacket and Hogan is livid as we fade. Well, I mean, it was it was not a bad show. I mean, it's thanks to the Flair interview, also the two solid matches. The main event was weak, but worked for setting up a pay-per-view. Not a show where the likes of Raf is going and the Cat and Saturn as they get wins but go nowhere. They may be mid-card, but give them a push. Well, Meng was unstoppable, but beaten by Goldberg and the Giant... And he should have gotten in more offence. Set it up a bit better. Also, there are too many meaningless matches. Also, where the fuck is Goldberg? The man needs to show up and beat people up, give an interview, etc. This is preposterous. Some good here, but more bad, though. The Flair segment was absolute gold and saved the show. So our last episode of Nitro this month is episode 159, September 28th. Well, last week was one of the weaker Nitros, and with Raw regaining the ratings lead, hopefully WCW realises they need to step up their game. More Goldberg and better wrestling. Bring back Jericho and keep the Horsemen strong. Anyway, Nitro, a 4.0 to 4.6. Well, Bischoff comes out staring agog at Flexing Hogan, who's bringing up the rear. Pun intended. Now, the rest of the NWO comes out, including Hall. Bischoff feels the love. Hogan does his same promo, NWO rights in the airport and about some wrestling fans that can be fooled, but not black and white fans. 
He is the man that makes wrestling what it is today. He turned WSW into a big business, taking a hillbilly company and turning it around, making them millions. He took all the fans, stars, made them think they were great. He made them think they had a chance against him. It's all about the money, and those gullible fans are idiots like the boys in the back. Hollywood's on a mission, and he's going to take that goof, the warrior, and deal with him. That would be the first major move, major move, to put the NWO title back on his waist. He went down to the hood and all the brothers and sisters and they said some something about a lamb to a slaughter. The two biggest crybabies in WCW are Sting and Bret Hart and he has his war bonnet on and he would take them right in the centre of the ring and tear them both apart. He's taken his business back and he does not care who it is and they're going to be the first victims of the Woods regimes. Woodmaster and Wood references, and here's Woody when it comes to the Nitro Girls. Oh, my God. Well, match one's the Parker versus Super Cal. They go back and forth. Parker runs into a boot and is chipped into the corner. Callow is placed up top and tossed. Parker catches him with a boot only to run right into the post. He wobbles to the floor and Callow leaps from the top, crashing into Parker and into the railing too. Back into the ring, they fly around for a bit, and Parker drops him, getting two. Two! Parker just slaughters him with a giant slap to the chest. Parker is placed up and tossed off, but he comes back and it was him... Behind his back and spikes Callow. He gets the win after a corkscrew moonsault. Well, it was a fun beginning and nice to see the Luchas again. Yeah, Callow grabs a chair and blasts Parker a few times. Well, here comes Brett. Brett is excited, desperate his bad knee. Oh, Brett. <coughs> here comes Brett and he's excited despite his bad knee. Sting has given him first crack and it is time to settle some scores between them. When Hogan steps into the ring with him, he will be a zero and Brett wants to be a hero for the fans and be like Sting and Flair. He's going to kick the crap out of Hogan for everyone and he will pay. Match two, Disciple versus Sick Boy. Shit, so many long hair and mullets. I think it's Sick Boy. Thought he was Renegade, but not big enough. I am right. Sick Boy gets in some offence, but he's desecrated with a big boot. Fans could care less about Brutus. Sick Boy is done. Squash match. He's chest thumping like the warrior. Where is the NWO? Well, Steiner's come out with Buff and they flex and brag. Match three, Scott Steiner versus Lenny Lane. Match three, Scott Steiner versus Lenny Lane and Nick Dimsmore. And Nick Dimsmore became... Let's have a look and see if we can recognise who Nick Dimsmore is. I couldn't believe it when I saw it and I thought, fucking hell, that's how long this guy has been working. Any idea with the name, Dan? No idea, Nick Dinsmore. Nicholas Dinsmore. Nick Dimsmore. Dinsmore. More Dins. Right, so, honestly, Lenny Lane's a guy with long blonde hair. We're looking for the guy next to him. Try and picture him. There we go. Picture him with longer hair and a beard. Steiner's working on Nick. Takes out Lenny Lane. Suplexes Nick. Takes Lane out again. Well, Nick Dimsmore is getting fucking dismantled at the moment. Scott Steiner went on to become... Well, went to uh, OVW to be developed more by the WWE and make his debut, I think, about 2004. He's wrestled Kurt Angle at SummerSlam. Triple H at SummerSlam. I think he's been tag team champion. He came in as a nephew of someone. I mean, Scott Steiner, I mean, that is ridiculous, isn't it, really? It is overkill. Yeah, you don't need to be, you don't need to be that. But yeah, he goes on about how he's such a superior athlete and how he's so great, but yet Buff Bagwell's getting involved in hitting people for him. Mm. So if he's that great, 
He really shouldn't need him. Oh my god! Just suplex Dinsmore on top of Lenny Lane. Nick Dinsmore, here we go, he's double star on would go on to become Eugene. Shut the front door. <laughs> yeah, that is Eugene. I'll tell you what, Lenny Lane looks a bit like John Cena <laughs> with long hair. Well, there's Scott Steiner dismantling Eugene and Lenny Lane there. So, just shows you, you know, given an opportunity on Nitro, yeah, it's squashed. But who would have thought six years later, it's Kurt Angle and Triple H at a SummerSlam. So he did have a bit of a career, and he still Eric needed... Bischoff's nephew. And Eric Bischoff's nephew. There we go. Uh, Scott is acting, that his back is injured, and he's carted off. I don't know why he did nothing in that match. Well, Warrior comes down and gets a long-ass intro. He's still getting some loud cheers. He wants them to speak to him. He knows who Hogan is, and who he himself is, and the Warriors know that they want to, what they want to see. What? He senses the disappointment and has a message for Hogan... And since his return, all he has seen is a pittance of a man he once knew. A fan gets tackled by security and Warrior calls him a lost warrior. He will take out Hogan and he wants to feel the power of the Warriors. Well, Gene is on a ramp and Buff is worried about Scotty who's on his way to the hospital. Gene is sceptical and Buff thinks he's calling him a liar. The cackling starts and interrupts and Buff thinks Gene is laughing at him. Buff assures us... That Scotty wants to work things out and then declares he's not a doctor and doesn't know if he'll be ready for the pay-per-view. As they cut away, Buff wants to know what the hell the cackling is about. Match for Psychosis versus the Cat. After the Cat's typical promo, he kicks Psychosis in the head. He hammers him for a bit. Psychosis fights back and tosses him to the floor. He missile kicks him, then works him over in the hour. He works him over in the corner. He slows the Cat down with a head scissors. Psychosis leaps him. And he's picked up and driven into the canvas. Psychosis is sent for the ride and dropped. Cat pummels him, but then celebrates and is kicked off and then body slammed. Psychosis goes up top and misses the guillotine leg drop. Cat kicks him in the head and wins. It was Cat's best match, but where are they going with him? Well, Alex Wright is out, calling himself the greatest European wrestler. He's given the Bulldog a chance to prove otherwise. Match 5 is Chavo Guerrero versus Disco Inferno. Well, Disco starts strong, but messes with Pepe. Chave retaliates with a Fez press and just wails on him. Disco rolls to the floor, but Chave will not relent and leaps on him. Now, he does relent as he declares as he decides to ride Pepe around the ring. Disco gets, backed into, Disco gets back in the ring and he's driven into the corner and bulldogged. Chave follows up with an atomic drop and a clothesline. After a two count, two. he runs into a back elbow. Disco slams him and gets two. Two. Uh. After an elbow drop, Chavo comes back with another bulldog and he pops him in the head a few times. The ref pulls Chavo off and Disco blasts him with Pepe and the ref somehow misses and Chavo loses again. I mean, it's not bad, but it's a lame ending, you know. A lenny lame ending. <laughs> well, it's clear that Disco will feud with Juve, who comes down and beats up Disco, only be nailed and then spiked with a pile driver. Here come the horsemen. Players getting the crowd excited and here comes Bischoff Ray. And Doug Dillinger. Flair mockingly calls Bischoff God. Bischoff has some of Norfolk's finest with him and wants him arrested for assaulting Stevie Ray. He wants him out of his building as the fans chant, Arsehole. Um, wrestlers could be arrested at any time if you want to take, especially for random assaults. Also, what happened was in another state. At least make it like trespassing or some shit. Bischoff is giddy and Dillinger is being led out to. 
Bishop calls Slayer a disgrace. He uses his son's excuse not to work, and he is a coward, and it is vicariously through Reed Flair. Well, Chris Jericho comes out, and he's flanked by his security. He mocks Goldberg and tells them that he has defeated him once already. And here comes Goldberg. He's carrying the little guy that Jericho beat at the pay-per-view over his shoulder. Jericho is speared and shoves his security into a dual spear and Jericho runs off. That was the match, but Jericho is gone and Goldberg is yelling at him. Goldberg's got a Jericho 1 Goldberg nil t-shirt, which is true. We've got a Jericho-holic ninja. And Goldberg carrying mini Goldberg, but still with the fireworks going off. He's got a Crash Bandicoot t-shirt inside out. Security, oh, security gets speared. And Jericho and Ralph is getting the hell out of there. But what happens after the spear, Dan? Well, James, he jacks them up and sort of hammers them down. <laughs> and Goldberg shouting, you're next to Jericho. Will he get his hands on him? <laughs> I said, will he? DDP comes out. Gene compares he and Goldberg to Sosa and Maguire. DDP's promo is getting old too. He talks about Scum Hogan and how jacked he is for Havoc. He does change gears and talk about the Horsemen and the Wolfpack and all the factions that want the gold. Then there is DDP, black and blue and on his own. But at the pay-per-view, he will be ready. Well, Hall comes out and grabs for the mic from Penza. <coughs> Hall comes out and grabs the mic from Penza. Hey, yo. He wants to know if it tastes great or if it's less filling and he giggles. <laughs> Well, up next, it's Scott Hall versus Billy Kidman. Wow, yeah. Well, Kidman definitely avoids him, but not the toothpick. Kidman tosses it down and stomps on it. They lock up and Hall shoves him down with ease. Hall wallops him in the corner with some stiff chops and Hall tosses him across the ring. Vincent refused to hand him his drink and Kidman rolls up Hall getting two. Two. Kidman drop kicks him and then rolls him up again getting another two. Two. Hall bounces him off his head. Kidman is choked out on the ropes and Vincent smacks him for good measure. Hall sandwiches him in a corner. Hall puts him out with them too. Ab stretch. Hall releases the hold and hammers him. He calls for reversal and Kidman obliges but is choke slammed. Hall mocks the giant despite being part of the NWO. But all he does say is... Hall mocks the giant despite being part of the NWO. But he does say... It is for him and calls him G-Money. Hall starts drinking. Kidman wipes out Vincent. Then he causes Hall to spit out his drink with a gut punch. He strikes him with a missile drop kick. Then he bulldogs Hall. Well, Kidman's caught and given a fallaway slam. He tries for the edge but topples over and then finally connects and finishes Kidman. Well, at least Kidman got a quasi sober Hall and got in some offence. But there's your Cruiserweight champion losing to a drunk. Uh, British Bull, speaking of crack addict next, British Bulldog versus the man with the biggest penis in professional wrestling, Alex Wright. Yeah. Yeah, my penis is so big. Bulldog has the mic and tells him he can dance all he wants. Wright cannot lace his 11-year-old son's boots. The German loves him too and tells him to suck it in German. Das sucking boot. They lock up and Bulldog pushes him into the corner. Bulldog takes him down and his surfboard time. Ouch. Alex makes a comeback and stomps at him. He picks up and front slams him. Well, Wright slingshots on top of him and barely gets two. Two. <laughs> That's a barely two, isn't it? Two. <laughs> Alex suplexes him and slowly heads up top and is caught and tossed off the top. 
Davy mounts and pounds him, but he's dropped throat first onto the top rope. Well, the referee's bumped and Davy power slams Alex and then pins him for an hour for realising the referee's down. Alex gut rapes him and holds him down. A German, sorry. <laughs> and two refs are down and Davy gets his shoulder up. Ref calls the other, the victor, and both had their shoulders on the mat. Davy is attacked but tosses Alex to the floor. Good. Davy's still wrestling for now. Both got the shoulder up, though. Awesome. Well, match eight, and it's Brian Adams versus Kevin Nash. Well, Nash does his thing. The fans love it. And they lock up, and Nash shoves him into the corner where he does his thing with knees and elbows. Adam makes a comeback and hammers him. He tosses Nash to the floor, but gets run into the still step. Nash rolls him back into the ring and drops him with a big boot. Another big boot. Here comes Stevie Ray, and he slapjacks Nash. Ray taunts Nash, and here comes Hall. Hall dumps his drink and pounds Nash. Luger runs down and clears out the ring with the help of Conan. I mean, this is just basic angle advancement. Yes, and match nine is Conan and Lex Luger versus Barry Darso and Hugh Morris. Damn, is a wolf pack over. Luger beats on Darso and allows Conan to join in the fun. Morris gets the tag and Conan takes it to him. Darso runs in to make the save only to get Bulldog. Darso is wrapped and it is over. Well, you know, way to get the wolf pack some airtime. And up next is our main event. It's Hollywood Hogan versus Bret Hart. And here we go. Michael Buffer is giving the entrances. And we're going to see these two men going to go at it now. Hogan pushes Bret. I mean, again, I don't remember ever seeing a Hogan versus Bret Hart match like this. And to waste on pay-per-view when you consider these are the two of WF's last kind of great stars, aren't they? You know? Yeah. Hogan onto Bret and then maybe Michaels and Austin now. And he's surprised they're kind of giving it away on live TV. And, and Brett's kind of recovered from his knee injury pretty quickly, hasn't he, you know? He has indeed, yes. But, do you know, do you think, again, this is... They're giving it away for free just so it's, you know, ratings. They're just trying to win the ratings war. Yeah, and it, what's weird is that he actually lost the ratings for. So you've got kind of ratings that night. So you kind of look, maybe it's not Hogan. It's other things that people want to see, you know? Hogan takes Brett down. He's not going to try and out-wrestle him, as you know. Brett Brett gives the elbow. I mean, one of the fallings out of Hogan leaving the WWF WWF, back in 1993 was the fact that he was going to win it at WrestleMania 9 and then drop it to Brett Hart at that SummerSlam that year. Of course, then Hogan didn't want to, and Yokozuna took the title from him in June, and Hogan left kind of under the cloud. And Brett was annoyed by that. And now imagine Brett coming across to WWE and being involved like he is now. That to WCW and being involved like he is now. Now he's wrestling Hogan. I'm not going to say it's a meaningless match, but Hogan's got bigger fish to fry. He's already said that he wants Piper. He's already said he wants the WCW title. And of course, he's got the Warrior at Havoc, so it kind of leaves Brett in a little bit of a weird area at the moment. Hogan in control now. Big clothesline. Slams Brett down. Goes for the elbow, but Brett moves out of the way. Hogan tries again, but Brett moves again. Hogan tries again, but Brett moves again. And now Brett running towards Hogan. Clotheslines him. Hogan falls out the ring. Well, Hogan grabs the legs of Brett. Sends him outside. Both men break each other's faces. I think Brett got the advantage there. <coughs> and now Brett sends Hogan into the ring post. And Brett's seeing Hogan begging off. And he pulls her, Brett outside. Picking Brett up. And crotching him on the barricade. And that might have injured that knee. He's going to do it for a second time now. 
Big impact down. That is the metal barricade. Hogan doing the yes chant. Now Hogan now just working a leg around that ring post. And Sting and Brett have had a kind of close relationship recently, but if he touches Hogan, this will be it. Referee's not called for the bell yet. Pushes Hogan. We've got Wolfpack, Black and White, and WCW there. And they're checking Conan and Luger are. And we saw a sign in the crowd that says that Wolfpack need the hitman. Hogan's like, why, why are people getting involved in my match? This never, ever, <laughs> ever happens with me. I never get involved in anyone's matches. What, what on God's earth is going on? Well, Brett wants to continue and the Wolfpack's stopping him. Oh, my God. Doctor's bringing that stretcher. Well, Brett doesn't want to give up. Eventually, he's coaxed away by the Wolfpack. Much to his disappointment. Is Sting going to wrestle Hogan now? Well, it looks like Sting's taking Brett's place. The referee's saying, well, there's got to be a match. Lots of rubbish. And now Sting started punching Hogan. Oh, someone made a paper airplane out of their sign. Sting's got the advantage, but Hogan just iron back rake. And Brett's getting wheeled away by Conan and Luger and the Doctors. I've never seen someone take someone's place mid-match. Well, this is WCW. Hogan with a uh, backdrop. Back suplex. Hogan saying he could beat the whole wolf pack at one time. Yeah. A great Hogan. Way to put over the competition. Well, he's the thing with Austin. He says, like, brothers destruction are the toughest things. You know what I mean? Mm. And we still get split screen backstage. Brett getting the ambulance. Sting's getting his way back in against Hogan as well as he ducks a clothesline attempt and hits one of his own. And who? Oh, Scott Steiner and Buff now beating up the Wolfpack. Oh, Steiner wasn't but wasn't uh, injured. It was a ruse again. I mean, I tell you what, ambulance workers must get a hell of a lot of work during the Attitude Era. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 1998. WCW and WWE have ambulances mainly every week. Scott's struggling with the fucking uh, smock. Unable to get it off. Well, they're running a smock right now over Wolfpack. And Steiner telling Brett to get up. Brett's getting away. I don't know if they're helping or hurting him. And there is a match going on at the moment in time. And Hogan's got Sting on the outside, bouncing his head off the steel steps, throws him back into the ring. Now here comes Brett limping down. Limping ain't easy. Other channel, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan slams down Sting. Going to go for the leg drop. Oh, but Sting moves out of the way. Hogan's got a dead bum cheek. And there's so much rubbish being thrown in the ring. But here we go, Sting a splash. Well, it can't disguise Hogan's rubbish in the ring. And now Sting going for the Scorpion. Deathlock, Brett cheering on. Whoa. Oh, but Brett... Plants Sting with a DDT. How can that be a disqualification when Brett was in the match originally? <laughs> Referee is calling for the bell, but to be fair... So is Brett and Hogan on the same page now? Are Brett and Hogan in cahoots? Yeah, are they in cahoots? So they've just been beating the hell out of each other. Hogan bowed down to <coughs> Brett. Bow down to the... Oh, and Brett headbutts Sting between the legs. Gets him in the sharpshooter. Oh, my God. 
What is this about? Hogan cheering on Brett. And Hogan getting a chair for Michael Buffer. And taking it out of that ring. He's tossed Brett a chair. And they're just assaulting the stinger now. And where's Nash? Where is Nash? Brett's not finished the attack yet. I'm going to stick a figure four on the ring post. I heard him say it quick there. Yeah, that's yeah. almost as bad as the Mankind one. <laughs> Brett continuing the assault. Yes, Conan! Boo. Come on, K-Dog! Beat him up, double-team him. It's just Conan. Conan too scared to get in. Oh, Brett. Not on Charles Robinson. Well, that was a hoodwink, a shim-sham and a shilly-shally there by the NWO Black and White. So much shenanigans, but yes, they were in cahoots. And it has been quite unbelievable here on Nitro. And Hogan, pretending to Brett, doing Hogan's back. They pulled the wall over our eyes yet again. And all the trash getting thrown in the ring. But wait a minute. You can see lights changing. Brett gets his job done with Hogan. What the hell is all that about? What the fuck? Unbelievable stuff there. Let's just have a quick look at Buddy Murphy. So that's it from Raw and Nitro this month. I mean, Dan, before we go into the nitty gritty, what are your thoughts on what we've seen? It has been quite underwhelming for Nitro. Oh no! I, well, right, yeah, okay. I, I wasn't. I wasn't all that impressed with WCW. I think you know they've they've missed a lot. Um, you know they've kind of papered over things. As you know, with WWF, I think they're starting to hit their strides. They're starting to you know they're doing the right thing with their angle advancements and their storylines and they're pushing the right guys and. Yeah, I think they're going in the right direction, definitely. Okay, so let's get down to it then. We've got the five-point system, which is match. Roster. Promo. Rating. And setting. And then we've got overall afterwards as well. 30 points into it. We add them both up, find out a winner for this. Uh, so we'll start off with... Uh, we'll talk about Royal Nitro. We'll compare the two and uh, give the points at the same time. So we'll start off with setting down for Raw and Nitro. What are your thoughts? Um, well, Raw, they're actually starting to put a bit of effort. They're covering up barricades. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're putting a bit more effort into things now. So I'm giving that a three. Okay. And what about Nitro? Uh, Nitro, I think, you know, it's still quite the same old, same old. But it is, I think it looks a bit more better than Raw. So I'm going to give it a three and a half. Three and a half. That's fair enough. I mean, I don't, with me, with Raw, it's still not done enough yet. It, uh, it For me, it's still the kind of same old, same old that we've seen. Uh, I would like them to change it up a little bit. It's like the same with the, the theme music as well and the entrance video. Uh, so I'm going to give that a, a three and a half at this moment in time. Not as bad as your mark, but I think Nitro's still ahead with a four. Hey, you look at the set and you still look at it with big time arenas, the lights and the f- promo, and the fireworks, even the pyro. I think Nitro does beat out Raw 
with that. So, yeah, it's going to be a four to a three and a half for me. Uh, Roster-wise, again, I think Nitro still has a bigger roster. Does it mean it's better? I'm not so sure now because the thing is we've seen Mankind, Kane, Undertaker, Austin be involved in the title picture. And now they're progressing Shamrock, Mankind and the Rock as the next kind of... Well, I've said Mankind already, but, you know, Rock and Shamrock as the kind of next guys to take it on and move it on in the WF title picture. And you can see, you know, with DX and stuff like that, they're using the roster right. Whereas I don't know if they're using the roster right on Nitro, but I still think it's just as good. So I'm going to give them by four this month for a roster, Dan. Um, well, yeah, with the roster, I don't think WCW are advancing with what they've got. Yeah, I know, you know, you you got the likes of Billy Kidman. He's kind of broken out on his own, cruiserweight champion, and he's doing right things. But I don't think that's enough for what the roster that they've got. Whereas WWF, as you say, you know, they're breaking out Shamrock and The Rock. And obviously, you know, we know what The Rock goes on to become. Um, and, you know, it's just a, just a little detail. So I'm going to actually mark WWF four and a half, WCW four. I still think Nitro has a better roster and a better talent. You know, if they can rest Goldberg and Jericho and people like that and still have kind of a, a good show, then it just shows, like I said, it's all about the choices of it, isn't it, you know? Uh, promo-wise, um, usually I mark down Nitro, but this month I can't, just in fact of the Ric Flair promo alone. The Fire Me Already Fired, Fire Me Already Fired. There was one of my favourites from Vincent Mann of... Um, you know, a master plan. I'm damn sick and tired, which is shown on, on so many video clips. But the Ric Flair alone, you know, thing alone, what was as good as anything I would say on Raw. That segment in its in itself was as good as anything else on Raw for the entire month. You know, and I think to say that it's good for, for Nitro to be able to say that. I think that's the best thing. The best thing I've watched this month has been the Ric Flair thing. So I can't mark down a promo for that. But Raw is still strong. So, I mean, for me, I've got a still marking quite high. Dan, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the promos? Yeah, again, you know, I agree with you. The promos, they were still good. But we saw, you know, from what you say with WCW, I think we saw some epic moments there with WWE as well. We saw the Zamboni. We saw, you know, the Vince side of things as well with Undertaker and Kane and, you know, going on with that. Um, I, I don't know, I'm... I'm kind of tending, leaning towards WWF here because, I don't know, it's just my preference for this month, I suppose. Yeah, that's fine. What are your scores? Uh, I'm giving WWF a four and a half and I'm giving WCW a four. And then matches for this. your scores? Oh, that's quite important. Uh, my scores for this one is four for Raw, four for Nitro. Uh, I, I've got to say Nitro, press me. I would have given them an extra half a mark. But um, I'm just going to leave it as that because, like I said, it was really, really close. And then matches for this month. The matches, there were some... I think WCW, they've kind of overreached and not achieved what they should have done with the overreaching. You know, giving us matches that should certainly have been saved for paper. Boiling them. Um, we've not seen any classic... You know, apart from the Billy Kidman, Juventus Guerrero match, I haven't seen anything that overly impressed me on WCW. I think there's a couple of matches that I saw <coughs> that were all right. I think the main event, Goldberg versus Sting, uh, was a good match and a great spectacle as well. I think even Bret Hart and Hogan, like I said, is, is a big match for people to watch, but the quality's probably not going to be as great. Of course, the angle they did there. 
Uh, with WWF, the, the matches, they've still got a little way to go, really, to, to kind of get, you know, look at the undercard. You know, you look at the other E's wrestling and, and, and people like that. It's still not the greatest of quality, but you have got Dino Brown and X-Pac trying, and I think the main event matches are better than Nitro in how they bring it. So for me, it's quite p- close on points. I'm going to have to say again, four for Nitro, four for Raw again. Because for me, for this month, it's been so equal. It has been, for the first time, people talk about race. It's felt like this this month because they've been trading blows. They've had great stuff on both Raw and Nitro. So for me, it's very close to call. So that's four points each. Uh, I'm going to give WCW three and WWE 3.5 because, you know, they've, as I say, they've not quite hit. Well, you just said cool. Yeah, I mean, the match is, is, is quite tight. Uh, so you've favoured WF this month, Dan. So what is your rating for Raw this month? Uh, my rating for Raw is 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And WCW, 7.5 out of 10. So my Raw and Nitro for this month are Raw. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Because I thought that was a, a good show. And with Nitro, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Just because I think Raw did win. I, there was a couple more moments in Raw. But there was a couple of bad moments in Raw. I'm not going to say it's all good, you know. Uh, but I'm going to say it slightly beat out Nitro, but I think Nitro was really, really strong this week. So we've got our overall scores for Raw and Nitro. We're going to add up the Raw scores, add up the Nitro scores, and work out who does best. So, Dan, I need some working out music, please. So we've got the scores now. So Dan, overall, you gave Raw 23.5. I gave Raw 24.5. So the scores now, 47.5 for Raw. Out of 60. Out of 60. Not strong. It's quite a drop on, I believe, last month's one, which was 50 out of 60. And there we go. So you not you didn't like Raw. We, we didn't like Raw as much last month. This month, we did last month. And Nitro, well, your Nitro is 22. And my Nitro is 24, exactly the same as Raw. So that means there's a point and a half in it. Nitro got 46 points, but Raw did win this month with 47 and a half. So Raw wins the ratings war, the WNR war for September. But it can all change for October. And we'll be back next month, of course, with more WWE versus WCW plus our pay-per-view will be on our Halloween special. It'll be Halloween Havoc 1998. We've got the Warrior versus Hogan and, of course, Goldberg versus DDP plus much, much more in our Halloween spooktacular. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but that's it for now. Our next episode is WNR 181, which is the May Young Classic Round 1 Part 2. <laughs> and we're going to have uh, a couple of our picks on there and it's at the end of the first round. The action's really going to pick up. But if you want to let us know what you think of the May Young Classic or the WWE vs. WCW series we do or any of the pay-per-views coming up, then you can contact us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. WWE Network Review on Google Plus. Send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. 
Subscribe to our YouTube channel, W Net Review Podcast. We've got clips on there. Podcasts go at the same time on YouTube. They do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Well, it's free courage. We've got a live show coming in November. Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. That is it. Like I said, our next episode, WNR181. It's the May Young Classic. But until then, I have been James Rowlands and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. bye.